This is the Cigar Authority. I'm kind of a big deal. The authority on everything cigar. You will respect my authority. Featuring cigar liberties from every major cigar brand. We have with us Christian Aroa. Rocky Patel. Victor Vitale. Eric Hansen. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Nick Perdomo. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Saka. Is Jesus Fuego. Joe Cusano. WWE Hall of Famer, Nikolai Volkov. It's the rock star, Pete Johnson. Jorge Padron. With your host, David Garofalo. That's me. This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. And his friends. That's you. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The one and only Cigar Authority. We are the Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. Damn it, motherfuckers, it's the Cigar Authority. We are the Cigar Authority. Welcome, 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 everybody. Saturday, May 21st, 2011. You think they'll buy it? No, we're taping today. This is Saturday, May 21st show, but we are taping. Uh, let it be known. Uh, so do not call. Uh, uh, big show for us today, though. A special guest, Jesus Fuego, is going to be joining us. And we're going to smoke all the different cigars he makes. And he's going to tell us all about it. This is like the lost episode. I want to double check right okay. now. Yeah. Chuck? Yes. We are cursed in Seabrook. Yes. And we are cursed with Jesus Fuego because the last time he was in Seabrook with us, yep. the show disappeared. So are you recording right now? I am, man. We're recording on the recorder, on Ustream. Everything's checked out. We have video. We have audio. We have everything. Because that was, I think, the best show. It, it, up until then, you it was definitely the best show. You guys continuously say this to this it, day. Because he's fascinating. Mm. Uh, this is a guy that knows it all. Uh, you know, right from the soil all the way through. Talk about being brought up his life. Yeah. Plus, I think Edgar was right this morning when he walked in and said that Jesus was way more handsome than he is because... I was like, I was going with bald, but look at him. Yeah, I'm not a gay guy, but if I was, <laughs> he's, a, he's a handsome man. He's a catch. Yeah. He's a, so anyway, he's the show this week. So we're going to have him on, and we're going to smoke his cigars. Uh, first, uh, let's uh, say hello to the four stations picking us up right now on the Cigar Authority Radio Network, WWZN. AM 1510, The Revolution in Boston, WGHM 900, The Game in Nashua, New Hampshire, WARL 1320, Positive Energy in Providence, Rhode Island, and WGAM 1250, ESPN Radio in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, you can catch us on Ustream.tv and at your convenience. This is being taped, therefore you can get it on podbean.com or iTunes at your leisure and enjoy it at any time. Or by all means, everything's kept nice and cozy there on our website, thecigarauthority.com. And, and not good. Things have been moving pretty smooth in that end. Good, good. Um, here is uh, one of his many cigars. It's Origin. I'm a little bit nervous right now because I do, I do not see a lighter or a cutter. Oh, wow. And uh, I pull the string. Pull the string, he says. Bam. Look, oh, oh wow. I didn't know that. I used to tear off the end, pull the string. That's awesome. Uh, I have <laughs> I have a lighter on me, All of right. course, because I come packing. And the beautiful thing about this origin in particular, the originals, originales, they're already pre-cut. Very nice. We've had this before we on have. the last episode, before right. they came out. <laughs> and uh, I actually remember coming they're into pre-cut. each oh. and every cigar store that you own every time we did a show there and I would go up to the manager and say is the Origins gift pack in yet? No, Mr. Jonathan, they're not in yet. Because it does look like a gift pack. It's a little it's, five pack. And it's unbelievable. It is bursting wow. with flavor. Bursting 
the flavor. Five little cigars in here. Not the most beautiful things. I am picking things. up this one after the show. This is awesome. These are great, and uh, there's the whole line of cigars, you know, every regular size, the Toro Robusto and everything. But on this particular size, Originals. This is how they make a cigar in the in the in the feet, not in the fields, in the tobacco barn. They just roll a cigar quick, yeah. just to taste the tobacco. Well, he'll tell the story anyway. Well, they, they attempted to roll the cigar and taste it, and they said, put it in a little little baggie so it have them to smoke later. And there Bam. it was, born. winner, winner. So uh, you're gonna see it get ripped off. Everybody's gonna be doing it because that. And I can get into that whole story. It's been a lot of ripping off on cigar brands, including some of my own. I've been having a rough week with that, but uh, it's copycat industry, right? It is. It's it's terrible anyway. So let's let's fire this uh, bad boy up. Is right there here. is there a right way or wrong way to lend end to, to light on this thing? Uh, I would say the 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 end that's a little bit thicker is the part that goes in your mouth, and then the, it kind of swoops out here, gets a little does straight, it and then opens. Oh, there's a little cap on it. Yeah, there's a little cap. So you and see. So once again, Mr. Yeah. Jonathan, you see the little cap on the end there? I think so. So light descent. Yes. Got it. Yep. So it's ready to go. Mmm. <laughs> it's it's delicious. It really is. And and it's the same. Let's try not to turn this into an infomercial. If it's we the can same help blend it. as the other one, but for some reason, I don't know what it is. I, I really like this this particular. It's all about big, thick cigars nowadays. And here's a guy that puts a little cigar out there, and I, I love it. Delicious. Anyway, uh, what happened in cigar news right now? Um, where uh, taxation's happening and lots of terrible things that are happening. But uh, a little good news for the folks in Massachusetts. Cigar smokers won a majority victory last week when Massachusetts House voted quietly and without debate to let Boston cigar bars remain open indefinitely. Wow. Despite Mayor Thomas Menino's order that they begin closing in 2018. You go back um, a, a few years ago, Menino, uh, along with the uh, Board of Health of uh, Boston, decided that they were going to shut down all the uh, cigar bars in Boston in 10 years. So 2018 was the end of it. If you had an existing business, you could still operate it, but you could never sell it because it would not continue. You would never um, have a future in that business. You would have a job, basically, to 2018 and then lose it. And... Uh, they actually, the uh, cigar bars, all three of them, agreed uh, because it, the, the offer was, this is the way we're going to do it or else you guys are gone. So uh, in this, uh, I know uh, Menino said, and now all of a sudden you want to change the rules when you sign the agreement? I have some issues with that. It's a health issue. That's what Menino said. The issue was we shut down or we accept this offer. Here's the signature. So, of course, they signed it. And it took a couple of uh, good uh, uh, congressmen to uh, basically sneak this thing in and get it in so that uh, these guys will have a future. Who should we be thanking? What congressman specifically well, let's does it say? I mean, we, they I'm deserve sure it. Does. They deserve a shout-out, in my opinion. Uh, this is, this is I was huge. told there wasn't going to be any questions here. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but that's huge. They deserve recognition, and, in my opinion. And, and Deval Patrick is also concerned. He doesn't doesn't want it to happen of anyway, course, but it course. also happened. And you got the information there. Uh, you can always put it up on the CigarAuthority.com. Okay, I got nothing. It doesn't say. Yeah, it actually is not listed here who the people are that that, that got it in, but they got it in, and um, the concerns. Listen. Oh, 
Senator Anthony Petroselli, an East go. Boston there Democrat. Yep. An East Boston Democrat. He tucked it into last year's Who also budget. represents the North End, where it turns out two of the cigar bars are. Right. So he's representing them. So taking you weren't being wondering. sarcastic. There's literally three cigar bars. Yeah. Give it four. Wow. Okay, we're hearing four. Wow. <laughs> and there's very few cigar stores. Right. And you're talking about Boston, a major metropolitan town, city. And the lack of cigar stores, the lack of cigar bars, why is it? It's taxation. It's the government issues and all that stuff like that. I... I got out of there 15 years ago and we had a thriving business but I lived there my whole life and I knew better that it's impossible to do business in the state of Massachusetts let alone the city of Boston sure the People's Republic of Boston it's awful and uh, they used to have the slogan uh, make it in Massachusetts if you can make it in Massachusetts man you're a magician because <laughs> it's impossible yeah if you can make it there you can make it Anywhere. Anywhere, right. Forget New York. It's, it's all about Boston when it comes to that anyway. So congratulations. Finally, a step forward to the folks in Boston that they have a few cigar bars. Uh, right now, there is nothing there where uh, somebody can open up. So right now, they have no competition. That I disagree with also because uh, that's unfair business. Um, that if, if, if I wanted to open a cigar bar in, in Boston, why shouldn't I be allowed to? That's, that's free market. I mean, that's free market. I don't want to because I know what they're all about in Massachusetts, but I don't want to. <laughs> but if I wanted to, I kind of want to because they don't want to let me. Yeah, right, so right. Just, <laughs> just in spite. Right. <laughs> Can you do it for spite? Can you do it for <laughs> uh, Okay, here's a little odd news. A 230-foot cigar rolled in Cuba. Uh, May 4th, 2011, uh, Havana, Cuba. A Cuban cigar roller said he has submitted a 230-foot cigar for the Guinness Book of the World's Record. Uh, in recognition for the world's largest cigar. So they're doing it again. They're, they're beating their own record is what they're trying to do. 230 feet long cigar. Giant cigar is cousinly housed at Moro Cubana Fortress in Havana and displayed at the current International Tourism Fair in Cuba in 2011. So um, it beats the, uh, the old record of a mere 36 feet. Uh, in 2001, oh, 30, it was 36 feet in 2001, 48 feet in 2003, 70 feet in 2005, 149 feet in 2008. From 149 to 230, 230 feet long rolled cigar. Tight draw, you got to imagine, right? <laughs> <laughs> the tobacco's crushing itself at the bottom. Yeah, you got to imagine. You're going to have a special holder for that bad boy. <laughs> All right, and uh, moving on to some more news. Uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, Macanudo 1968 is lowering its prices. My question is why? Over the past six months, Macanudo's marketing team has conducted extensive research on Macanudo 1968. And they discovered that people do not like price increases. They discovered that their cigar <laughs> is the greatest. It gets the highest ratings. It's going fantastic. Uh, everything's going great, yet they're going to lower the cigar $3.33 each. They're going to lower it by $3.33 which is astronomical. So you can read between the lines here. The cigar is not selling. It's overpriced. This is how I read it anyway. That's how I would read it. And uh, they're taking it down $3.33, probably where it started in the first place. Would you feel as a consumer that you've been overcharged all this time? I feel it, like they owe me a refund if right. I'm buying the cigar. You don't feel good about it. I don't. <laughs> Here's the whole problem with Macanudo 68. Macanudo is is known as being the mildest cigar going. 
you know, it was Jamaican cigar, later Dominican. It's uh, basically a very, very tasteless cigar, although a giant seller worldwide. But the mildest miles. Some people just want to have a cigar in their mouth. They don't actually want to smoke a cigar. They just want to have the cigar there, have smoke come out of their mouth. Yeah, it's a stepping stone cigar to go into, you know, if it wasn't for Macanudo, a lot of people wouldn't be smoking cigars, so i got to give them that. But it's very, very mild, and this Macanudo 68 comes out, a much, much fuller-bodied cigar, but so did Macanudo Robust, Macanudo Maduro, failure, failure. The name Macanudo is expected to be what it is. So you come out with a full-body, complex Macanudo. The Macanudo smoker doesn't even want to try it, because if they do, they're not going to like it. And the person that doesn't smoke Macanudo doesn't want to smoke Macanudo because it's the mild. It's a, it's a failure. It's, it's a, a paradox. It is a marketing failure. It doesn't make any sense at all, yet they continue to do these stupid things despite not asking the Cigar Authority our opinion before they even do it. So right. This is the mistake number one. Ask us. We would have told you in the first place you wouldn't have had to bring a cigar out lower at $3.33. What is going to happen with it? Again, I think it's all negative that's going to happen to it. Uh, you know, we've had some price decreases. Some folks lowered the prices and they drop it down a buck or something, and, it, and it's all about marketing reasons why or getting down to the, to the level. That well, the facts are if you lower the, the cigar in price, more people will buy it, and so you end up making your money in the long run. You've got to be a long-term thinker. Anyone who just raises their price, you know, I, want, I need to raise my price by a quarter because I need to meet a certain sales goal money-wise, I don't think you're going to make it in this economy. By raising your prices, the way to do it is to make that sale for the whole year, lower the price, sell more cigars, and well, we're seeing that on HC uh, from um, Zycar, actually made by Jesus Fuego. Their, their price has been lowered. Uh, we saw Does he seriously we, make every cigar? <laughs> he uh, he has made a lot of very very popular cigars uh, that, that that doesn't have his name on it, and uh, maybe he'll get into that. He doesn't like to show off and. <laughs> say the things you do, but I know the, I know the answers. <laughs> I know what he has done, and uh, what what his future holds, I have no idea, and, and that's what I want to know. We're, we're going to get to all of it. We'll go because we did this before. This is almost like Groundhog Day. We we know the story, so we're going to take it from the beginning where he was born and brought up, and all the way through, and then we'll get to the end of it. And well, because when, with when he was on the first time, we had like three viewers, so now. We're up to six, so yeah. the other three haven't heard right. the story. So we want to, and that's including Chuck, we want to uh, yeah, you let here. everybody right. know. Yeah. Who, who was uh, doing the thing? You? Yeah, I was. I was the producer. And was I by myself? No, it was you and Tommy G. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It seems like so long ago. It does. <laughs> <laughs> over a year ago. It was over a year ago. Wow. So that was early on, at the very beginning. Very on. beginning. Jonathan's laid the blueprint for me. i got to quit and then come on as co-host and then eventually host. Right. Right. Right, right here. Yeah, yeah. I'm Mr. Jonathan's co-host, right? right? So anyway, uh, lots going on with, uh, with Jesus Fuego. We'll get into all that. Uh, later on, I want to talk about cigar etiquette, which we went before with the, the, um, the Ten Commandments of it. Somebody has put out something on etiquette, what you do when you go into a cigar store. Uh, there's lots of wrong things that happen. I see it all the time. It's ignorance of the consumer. They don't know. Right. So we want to help you, and we want to tell you the proper etiquette when you go in a cigar store. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, one thing, for instance, with the cigar cutter, for instance. Most cigar stores have a cigar cutter for you to use. It drives me crazy. This is the pet peeve, the biggest pet peeve I think I have. The guy will put the cigar in his mouth. 
basically performing fellatio on his cigar. <laughs> and, and then it's dripping. he says, let me use your cutter. Dripping wet. At that point. Could I please put my mouth inside everyone else's mouth in the store right uh, now? That's the question he's asking without realizing. So it's in the mouth. They're slobbering around. You're seeing the guy's tongue go around. <laughs> and then take your cutter, use your cutter, and hands it back to you. I don't even want to handle it when they do it to me, and then I got to go in the back room and boil it. Yeah. Oh my God, it's disgusting. But it's, it's ignorance. I mean, the guy doesn't think, you know, they're not thinking. Right. That's For right. the record, I've never seen David boil a cutter. That you've seen. seen that you've seen. I've seen him throw them away. I've <laughs> never seen him actually boil it. It depends what it is. If it's a real good one, I got to take it back, run it under hot water at the very least. It's gross. It's good advice, though, David. And there's and lots sure of it. There's lots of things like that, and we'll get into the different things and stuff. But it's, it's, it's pure ignorance, and you don't understand. And if the cigar goes so deep cutter. into your mouth that you, you gag and you have uh, just a little bit of bile come up and it's on your cigar, use your own cutter. That's really that's going to be one of the uh, ten points well, of cigar Well, the key is buy etiquette. a cutter. That's it. You know, these people that smoke cigars every day, and they actually don't own a cutter. How do you not own a cutter? You know, it's... I, I tell people right off the bat if they want to use my cutter that I do lick the end of my cigar, which is why I own a cutter. Because it's my cutter. It's my lighter. If you, You're welcome to use it, but it's wow. got my spit on it. And you, But you're not allowed to put the cigar in your mouth before you cut it. How about if you ended up telling the whole story? That would be an interesting thing. I bet we'd sell a lot more cutters as a retailer. Seriously? Hey, can I use your cutter? Okay, before you use the cutter, I want to let you know. I always put the cigar in my mouth first and wet it a bit so it doesn't crack the cap when, when I cut it. So this has been in my mouth. So you're welcome to use it if you do it, but please don't put your cigar in the mouth before you give it to me because that's gross, right. and I wouldn't use it again. It's probably not Well, a good if the smoking hot stuff. cigar chick wants to cut the end of her cigar off after she's done whatever she wants to do to the cigar, I'm completely fine with it. So, Teresa, you're welcome to use my <laughs> cigar cutter you're okay anytime getting, that you getting want. You're okay getting germs from girls. Absolutely. So you had no problem with cooties as a kid? None whatsoever. No? Okay. <laughs> I knew it was a farce right from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ladies, bring on the cooties. Yeah. I want them. Oh, God. Especially the ones with extra cooties. You know, in the third grade, they've got tattoos on their arm. Oh, God. Lip oh. piercings. There we go. All right, so let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll bring Jesus back in. So when we come back, it's Jesus Fuego live and in person right here. We're at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire today. Uh, we're going to the cigar etiquette and lots more. So stick around, everybody. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. Hi, this is David Garofalo from the Cigar Authority. I'd like to invite you to visit one of my Two Guys Smoke Shops. Two Guys Smoke Shop is the largest cigar retailer in the world, and I'm very proud of that. It's stogie heaven. Two Guys is conveniently located off Exit 1, off Route 93, 95, and Route 3 in Salem, Seabrook, and Nashua, New Hampshire. You see, there's no cigar tax or sales tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have built three glorious cigar shops right over the border for your convenience. Take the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in tax-free New Hampshire, or find us on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. We ship cigars everywhere, and single cigars, too. Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's stogie heaven. 
Have you been arguing with your wife about the smell of your cigar smoking? My name is John Sullivan. I can make all that go away with a revolutionary new product called the Auric Pro Shield Air Purifier from the Auric Clean Home Center on Spitbrook Road in Nashua, New Hampshire. This is Mr. Jonathan. I used to get crap from the wife all the time about the smell of my cigar smoking coming up from my studio. But that has all stopped since I got my Auric Pro Shield Air Purifier from the Auric Clean Home Center on Spitbrook Road in Nashua, New Hampshire. Not only does the Auric Air Purifier totally eliminate the smell of your cigars, but also dust and dander, bacteria and mold, including spores and pollen. I'd like to invite you to come see it for yourself and let me personally show you how simple I can fix your problem. The Auric Clean Home Center is located at 8 Spitbrook Road at the corner of the DW Highway in Nashua, New Hampshire, right across the street from Two Guys Smoke Show. Visit my friend John Sullivan in Nashua, New Hampshire. Or call us at 603-595-2122. That's 603-595-2122. Auric, simply amazing since 63. There's a patch of land in Cuba located exactly in the latitude and longitude of 22 degrees north by 83 degrees west, where you will find Hacienda El Corojo, a plantation that once grew the best tobacco in all of the world. Today, these fields are not producers of tobacco any longer, but the seeds from their prize-winning plants still exist today. 2283 is a cigar brand that uses authentic El Corojo seed in its entire five-country blend. Nicaraguan, Honduran, Dominican El Corojo filler, certified Costa Rican Corojo binder, and finished off with lush, oily, Brazilian El Corojo seed wrapper, all from the seeds of the mother plants. 2283 come uncellophaned in wheels of 20, white tissue wrapped in bundles, and then safely placed in cedar cabinet boxes. Find out what's missing in today's cigars. It's El Corojo, and 2283 has it, certified. One taste, and you'll understand the old flavor you've been longing for. It's back, and it's 2283. Born of cold Russian winters, the wheat of hammer and sickle is hand-cleared in the Black Earth region, then dry shipped to the distillery, where masters of the craft distill and filter hammer and sickle six times, transforming the harvest into a smooth, super-premium vodka, worthy of its Russian heritage. Hammer and sickle, super-premium vodka, Russian reborn. 40% alcohol by volume, imported by Clean Spirits, LLC, Massachusetts. Please enjoy responsibly. Confucius, Chinese philosopher teachings have gone from the golden rules to fortune cookies. Confucius say, what you do not wish for yourself, you do not do to others. Confucius say, knowledge is recognizing what you know and what you don't. Profound, maybe 200 years ago, but today it's our pleasure to bring you Zing. Zing, spelled X-I-N-G, is a whole new smoking sensation. Zing Cigars not only shares medium-bodied, rich flavor from its deep, dark wrapper, but it's the deep, dark wisdom from the back of each of its cigar bands. Zing say, man who go to bed with itchy bum, wake up with a smelly finger. Way better than any Chinese fortune cookie, and way better tasting. And just like Chinese food, shortly after you've had it, you'll love to have another. Zing, it's what some call the modern-day fortune cookie. A great cigar with a little something extra, a little fun, and a whole lot of flavor. Zing. All that's good right now. We have Jesus Fuego with us in studio right now. We're two guys smoke shop in Seabrook today. 
And uh, this is the Lost episode. Welcome back. The last time we did this. <laughs> it, it aired live. The people that listened, listened. But we didn't hit record or something went wrong. It's his fault next yeah, we, to over there. We hit record. We. Yeah. So this time we're all set, Chuck, right? want to make sure because it was a great show. You gave us so much information. So we're going to try to just relive that lost episode, what we call the lost episode. We're smoking the origin. I'm going to put it down. I hate to do it, but I want to smoke all these cigars today. So what do you recommend? Should we go do the uh, Sandra de Toro, Blood of the Bull, or 777? Actually, I think you should start with the 777-0. Okay. It's a little bit more. More of the milder side. Sure, sure. And uh, this is something that is going really well for us. It's getting some really good reviews and, uh, and lots of good reorders. Okay, so it looks really nice anyway. Um, and we'll try this out as we uh, get to know you right now. Let me borrow I'm your noticing. Cutter. You, you like sure you want to my, borrow my cutter? Yeah. It's been in my mouth. It has not been in your mouth. It's been in my mouth every single time I've used it. Oh, no, that's safe. It's a, the <laughs> psycho, that, that's so sharp that cuts the bacteria in half. Cuts the, the bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> it, it decapitates bacteria. It behaves bacteria. So what? it's okay that it was in my mouth this morning and it was in my mouth yesterday. It was not in your mouth. It wasn't at all. Uh, what about that, um, that Barbasol stuff, that blue Barbasol stuff? What if we ended up having some sort of thing that cut or actually drops into the... Barbasol. Remember that stuff they used to put the you comb in the the barber. You know it didn't do anything. The yeah, last well, kid had lice and he puts a <laughs> thing in and uses it. It didn't do anything, but it made you feel good that oh this is clean. That's it's fine. That that last kid that just left though scratching his head and stuff. But it smelled like off, like mosquito repellent. Yeah. Um, I'm noticing right off the bat, Jesus, that you're a cap picker. Why is that? I I just keep losing the cutter so. <laughs> You get used to simple as that. I saw you do it, so I'm doing it. Yeah, you're going to mess up, though, for sure. Use your cutter. Make a nice, clean cut. I watched his technique. I got this. Is it because I used your cutter? Is the, what, the reason why you don't okay, want to use Okay, that's the real cutter? reason, in case you did put it in your mouth. <laughs> I did not. I don't do that. But anyway, okay, let, let's go. Let's start from the very, very beginning. So Jesus Fuego was born. Where were you born? By an immaculate conception. Obviously, <laughs> Jesus, right? <laughs> I was... Uh, I was born in uh, in Cuba in in, uh, in the farm at Corojo, at El Corojo, yeah. which is the motherland of Corojo tobacco. The only place like, if if you drink champagne, you're drinking champagne from the champagne region. El Corojo, that is where Corojo tobacco is only. Yeah, that's that's where the seed comes from, and that's where you were born. Yes. Okay, so it doesn't get any better than this. This is where you were born. And your father was a farmer. Yeah, my father, my grandfather. I'm fifth generation in the business. Fifth generation. Yes, uh, the, the, That's impressive. The first one, uh, actually, Jay Fuego was established as a leaf dealing company and all that in 1876. It was my great, great. They came from Spain, and that's as, as far as I can track them. And uh, the family's been in that area nonstop for five generations until we left and went to Honduras. Wow. So uh, how old are you now? I'm 40. Just don't worry. So you don't remember uh, the times before Fidel Castro had no, power at all? No. That's all you know is Fidel I Castro. heard they were good. <laughs> they were good. <they> <laughs> That's when they own their own land and uh, all that stuff. Uh, okay, so uh, you're born, and uh, they, they're growing tobacco there. And, you know, as a kid, you work on the farm. And I was born and raised in the family farm. The, 
in that area in Cuba, most of the tobacco growers used to live in the farm. Okay. And f would we know any of those people today? Uh, yeah, there is a lot of families. I mean, uh, when you go to where uh, production is, the, the people that is growing and making cigars yeah. today is, is uh, in a good segment of that in Central America. It's like a transplanted neighborhood. You have uh, very close to our area was, uh, well, there was a fence between the Eiroas and our farm, for example. The owners Cri of Camacho, uh, Camacho Christian's yeah. father and, uh, sure. and grandfather. Uh, so was you, they went in your next door neighbors. Yes, and uh, and very good friends. And uh, and there is a dirt road between the Placencia's farm in Cuba and our farm. Uh, to the back of our farm, we were very close to uh, people who have today Oliva Tobacco. Wow. The, no Oliva Cigar makers, sure. Oliva Tobacco. The sure. Um, Toraño was very close by. It was like less than a mile away in, in a straight line, maybe two miles. This was the neighborhood. Yeah. This was the neighborhood. It's like growing up in Beverly Hills and knowing all the stars kids. Right. <laughs> now, all these people fled. Everybody fled out of the country. Yeah, most of, the, most of those families uh, and they, left the country. And they're all the biggest cigar growers and makers of cigars today. Uh, when did you guys get out? Uh, we got out like 15 years ago. Actually, we went to, uh, we went to Honduras to work for Camacho. Okay. Julito Iroa, Christian's father, was uh, what I call my ticket to freedom. He brought uh, uh, my family, uh, I mean, my uncle, my father, my cousin, and myself to work with him in the, in the fields, in the, in the pre-industry, and in the factory. Just 15 years ago? Yes. So, yes. so up until that point, you were in that country? Yeah, we were there nonstop. I mean, my grandfather didn't want to leave. It was like, we're a very tight family. He didn't want to leave and leave the rest behind. Sure. And like that, okay, they keep postponing because we knew we had to leave. Yeah. But, uh, well, eventually he uh, passed away and uh, and uh, and we decided it was time to move. Okay. So he stayed right till the last day for himself. Yeah. 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 People used to tell him, hey, you should leave this country. You know, this is unfair and all that. And he said, well, tell the guy who leave. Why do I have to leave? He was talking about yeah. Fidel. Tell Fidel to leave. Yeah, tell him to leave. This is my country, dude. Uh, yeah. I think he was right. Oh, right, but but he, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, only the good die young, and Fidel's still uh, alive and well. Which is we well, he's a cigar <laughs> smoker. He's probably never going to die. No. <laughs> so, uh, did, did you end up fleeing the country? Did you sneak out, or were you allowed no, I, to go? I, 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 uh, it, it, they gave me a hard time. To, uh, I mean, it was it was. Uh, I had to go through a lot of. Uh, paperwork and uh, bureaucracy and all that, but I, I left the country legally. Okay. Yeah. So you go to Honduras, and you're working for Camacho at I that point. I worked for Camacho for two years, and after that, I got a, a contract to run a, a new operation of tobacco in uh, Nicaragua. Now, let me go back for one second. While you're in Cuba, are you just operating the, the, the farm that you're there, or are you studying to do agriculture? And oh, we did both. Uh, I mean, I did both. My, my dad is an agriculture engineer. Okay. And uh, he also worked and, and run when his turn came, the, the family property. And, uh, and then in my time, I went to study pure biology first. I did it for three years, and then I went to study agriculture engineering. In Cuba? In Cuba, yeah. in the university. In Pinal. I started in university in Havana, pure biology, and then in Pinal del Rio, I did uh, agriculture engineering. Yeah. I graduated there. I uh, work a little bit there in uh, tobacco research, post-harvest tobacco and all that. I get my uh, post-degree, uh, post-graduated degrees in, in, uh, uh, in post-harvest tobacco and uh, 
biofertilizers and this kind of things. Yeah. And, uh, and then I work for the government like everybody else. Right. Because pretty much everything is uh, with the government there. You guys part all get paid the same thing. It doesn't yeah. Matter. Part of the time Nothing. was in the in the in the family uh, factory uh, farm, and with the government in the in the factories and in the in the sorting and fermentation uh, process. I was doing some quality control there and research and fermentation. Okay, for any specific cigar brands while you were there? No, just, no, no. Just it, was, it was it was just uh, mostly raw tobacco. I work in the factories in the in the making of the first uh, Veguero brand. When the Veguero brand was launched. What Be- is it, Veguero? Veguero was a brand that was made in Pinal del Rio, in the only factory in Pinal del Rio. And uh, it was a cigar made for the tourists but only in the in the Cuban market. I mean, you had to go to Cuba to be oh, able really? to buy the cigar. They How didn't do you spell export it? That. It's uh, V as in Victor, E-G-U-E-R-O-S. Vegueros. I never heard of it. Vegueros, which means farmer. Uh, Vegueros is the guy who works in a Vega, and Vega is yeah. the word that they use for a tobacco farm. Okay. When they, you plant tobacco there, that's a Vega. Otherwise, it's a farm. So it's basically their house brand at the factory. Uh, at the fact, well, it, w- it was a national brand in Cuba. Oh, okay, it was for the tourists, but they didn't export it. Okay, you had to go. It was like that cigar that you can only buy if you go to Cuba. And it was the only cigar made in Pinal del Rio. Pinal del Rio didn't have a big cigar making tradition. I'm talking about the the, the actual rolling. Okay, because since they grew so much tobacco, there was a lot of people involved. There was enough sources of work, so the factories were in the places where there was more people available. Okay, I'm smoking uh, the 7770 here. Very smooth, nice. This, this is right up my alley. Nice and mild. I like this. I'm this digging is, it. This is good. This real Connecticut shade, or what is yeah, this? Yeah, it is Connecticut shade from Ecuador. From Ecuador. Okay, very, very nice. Not and the filler is all Nicaraguan. Uh, filler and binder is all Nicaraguan. It's the same blend and filler and binder of the regular 777 Coro. Okay. Uh, the wrapper is just a thinner, milder wrapper. We also do a little bit uh, extra fermentation on the Connecticut. Lots of people buy Connecticut because it's so thin, and they use it exactly the way it comes, and it's good enough yeah. for that. But I have a little problem with that. I find it to be uh, a little bitter. The yeah, conne- like a, the Connecticut has a rubber, musty kind of flavor to it. Uh, that I, I don't exactly agree with. So what we do with this is we take the Connecticut wrapper grown by, uh, by ASP in Ecuador, mm-hmm. And uh, it's very good product. What we do is a little bit extra fermentation just to get rid of the small bitterness that is there. We want to make a cigar that was very creamy and creamy and smooth, yet it has flavor from Nicaraguan tobacco. I like it. Okay. So uh, you, you flee out. You go with uh, the, the Aroas in uh, Honduras, and you start living in Honduras. Yes. Okay. And take us from there. And uh, from the Aeroas, I went to work in a, in a project in Nicaragua to run. It was a new farm that was uh, a joint venture between Placencia and a gentleman in Nicaragua by the name of uh, Arguello. It was uh, grown in of, uh, of uh, tobacco for the European market. Okay. So and you're making a new tobacco. It was basically a new area. Okay. Trying to grow Connecticut and some Havana there was an area that is very fertile, but it's kind of tough there because uh, the weather doesn't help you. It's too dry and this and that. But it was very good tobacco. And I did that for two years. And after that, I got offered a job in uh, U.S. Cigar, the premium cigar division of U.S.T. U.S. Tobacco, sure. To run or their, uh, their uh, what they call pre-industry division. They have farming, they have production, and they have the pre-industry. So basically, I was running the part that 
buys the tobacco, sort it, and process it, and feeds the factory. And then I started blending for them, and uh, I worked for UST. And brands from UST were um, Helix, Don, right? Don, well, Don when Tomas. I started, it was uh, Astral, and it was Don Tomas, and they have a few other uh, smaller brands like Don Asa, some private labels. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then we introduced uh, Vega Talanga, which, which is a new brand, the one in the little uh, yeah, bale. With, with the twist and the little bale. Uh -huh. yeah. And uh, we introduced the Helix, uh, Connecticut and Maduro. Which was huge when that cigar how, broke. How is it you go from s sorting tobacco to realizing that you're good at blending tobacco? Were you always kind of playing with blending privately? No, I always liked the blending process. I, I work, uh, I work uh, with blending all my life because I, I started smoking uh, young and working in the house with my grandfather and my family and all that, doing, doing blends. So when I joined UST, I was supposed to do only what is processing of the tobacco and keep the factory, you know, keep the flow to yeah. raw material going to the factory. But the gentleman by the name uh, Larry Palombo, that was the president of the company sure. back then, he was, uh, he helped me a lot. He's, he saw I had the, the drive and, uh, and the enthusiasm and all that. And, and he started, like, giving me more chance to work a little bit more involved in, in now the actual making of cigars. And uh, one day he asked me, okay, you have ideas for blends and all that? And I said, yeah, sure. I was looking for, uh, for that. So he gave me the chance to blend, and, uh, and that's how we started. So what did you blend? What was your first uh, brand name? The first thing we did there was the, the first project I did entirely was the Vega Talanga. That was a, that was a twist head. Little, little curly yeah. top head, unfinished foot, yeah. and then the, um, what do you call that, um, leaves? Um, uh, 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 it's palm tree. In, 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 in Spanish, they call it yagua. It's, it's, the, it's the kind of the, the, the part of the leaf that uh, uh, wraps the, the stem of the palm. Yeah, of the palm tree. Yeah. And sometimes they use this uh, so people can understand as the construction of the bale. Yeah. Instead of putting it in... in cloth or anything they actually wrap yeah this that, that's there. actually the ideal traditional way that they did it in because Cuba, it breathes because it breathes and, and it goes very well with tobacco protects it. it's hard but at the same time it allows the it also keeps the uh, the moisture on the tobacco it ages very well there. so this bundle of cigars would come in and it would actually be wrapped in this hard leaf and you'd have to break it open and do it. i thought it was the most unique thing i ever saw in my life for some reason, didn't catch on, uh, not the right time or place for it or something, but the cigar was spectacular. It was intimidating for the consumer. Yeah. It was, it was a little hard to handle. Yeah. It was a very, I, I think it was a good idea from the romantic standpoint yeah. because it, it was like a nostalgic thing for us, you know. The tobacco used in that cigar, it was a poodle. Everything was from Talanga, from the Talanga Valley. Right. The farm that was uh, run by my uncle Ramon, that now Placencia grows it. Okay. And uh, my, my uncle still runs That was a farm. Nicaraguan Puro no, from Talanga no, Valley? from Honduras. Oh, Honduras. Yes. Okay. And uh, oh, yeah, all okay. the tobacco has been previously aged in bales like the one that we had for the little bundle of cigar in big bales of 160, 200 pounds. So the tobacco was all aged, the old Cuban style that way. I'm wondering if you could come out with a packaging like that now and sell it because everybody but is so don't into it. Don't say anything. You know, don't oh. give people ideas. It's a copycat business. <laughs> no, Sorry. This was a long time ago, and, and the, the copycats of it's, today it's, weren't even in the business. I can't stop myself. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought the idea was so unique. I'm like, we got to do this. Believe me, it's hard enough. I, I, I've been wanting to try to do it again. 
Uh, but uh, The consumer nowadays is so much more educated than they were. It used to just I, I be you'd get so. a cigar and smoke it. Now people know what they're doing. And if you said it was the old world style and all that, I think that that would be a nice marketing Yeah, probably, probably part of the thing with the cigar is that we didn't do a good job communicating and explaining to the retailer how to sell and romance. That's we can right. do that for you. That's, That's right. what we do. That would be a good idea. We, I, we used to use the scissors to cut it open and be very careful because the cigar was uncellophane inside, so you'd have to be careful not as you pulled it out. You could scrape the side of it and ruin the cigar on the outside. So take the ones on the inside first, and it starts collapsing in there. And the people would, would rack it out, rack the cigar, and uh, lots of damaged cigars because of it. And you could see the problem. We want easy. We want, we, we, yeah, here, here, like here we want this, this. Which I had seen the strings on there, but I always, because I smoke this all the time myself, but I always, the first time you ever showed this to me, you peeled a corner, it didn't have a string on it. Yeah, it, did have, it, was, a, it was the idea of a girl in the factory, in the packaging department. She, she noticed that a few guys visited the factory and they were just breaking it back here yeah. and then they were having a hard time putting it back together. Yeah. So she gave me the idea and I thought it was very good. Awesome. awesome. Plus, you can, hang that, you can hang that right on the Christmas tree. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a nice ornament. Oh, right. Only yeah. Gr- yeah think of the so str- girls do have a use. No, but think of the string and, wh- and why they were thinking of something Well, like this. You, you're right. Only girls. You know, it, w- it was earrings? my wife who designed the packaging. Purse? That's what we're getting. Earrings and purse, huh? <laughs> Nothing else? Okay. Uh, you're married, soap man. Soap on a rope? No, you're, just, you're a married man, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, <laughs> very, very. Thank silly. you, Edgar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. In case anyone else is as thick as I am, Edgar meant tampons. Oh, just which come you right can on say t- on the radio. Everyone should know that. Okay. All right. So uh, you stayed with UST uh, till the end because UST was. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Yes. When uh, when uh, the operation went to uh, uh, General Cigar. I went to work for uh, Rocky Patel full-time. I have been before that. Uh, because, while, because Rocky Patels were, were made in that same factory. Yeah, while I was at UST, uh, I was, uh, when I was more involved in blending all that, Rocky came to UST looking for a cigar to put his name on it. Yeah. So I, I was fortunate enough to, to work with Rocky and help him in the, in the, in the creation of the vintages. Right. 90 and 92. It was a very fun process, too. Very fun project. And uh, we created a good relationship. I like Rocky's enthusiasm and all that. He has come a long way in the industry. So yeah. when uh, UST uh, became, the factory became General Cigar, I went to work for Rocky full-time, pretty much overseeing the production that was being made for him. Because he wanted to make sure he got the quality he was getting and it stayed consistent. And well, it was fun working yeah. with Rocky. It was, uh, and you would, you would be inventing the blend? I, was, uh, I would say I was helping uh, Very nice. Rocky okay. uh, doing the blending. You know, he's, he's got a lot of merit. He's got a very good palate. Too. Yeah. So that, uh, you did... Uh, you helped him with the vintages, and did you do edge and decade and things like that? Yeah, pretty much everything that came after that until uh, I left the company uh, yeah, somewhere in 2006, all the projects between the vintage and that. So that I remember the year we worked together with uh, with the edge, with uh, Song Run, with uh, Connecticut for Rocky Patel, Edge Light, bunch of uh, okay. old world. Old world, so all, all the way up till. Uh Pretty recent. Yeah, it was it, it was a lot of uh, 
It was a, a very dynamic and creative time. And a time of tremendous growth. Yes. I mean, yes. Rocky before that was Indian Tobacco, which was, a, you know, a pretty dead and buried type of brand until the, the RP Vintage stuff came in, and then it was hit after hit after hit. Maybe a coincidence, but you were there. I think I, I, I joined the company in a very lucky moment. You know, yeah. it, was, uh, it was a good time. And yeah, we talked about luck last week. Oh, well, this is airing next week so we two weeks ago yeah we talked a lot about luck and uh it turns out the harder you work the more luck you have we have the reality is we have a lot of cooperation to 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 be honest there some people talk like uh, i made a lot of things and or some people say i made everything for rocky patel i don't think it's fair rocky has a lot of merit he has worked very hard oh sure and the true hero there are the people behind the production Right. People like Placencia and Daniel Nunez in that moment that was running General Cigar because it doesn't matter what you know about cigars or the blends you create. If they don't want to give it to you, there's no blend. Right. Now, so. and speaking of that, UST had an unbelievable inventory of they tobacco. Ha they have very, they have tobacco to get really creative. They're able to do that because they have the ingredients no one else has. Yeah. They bought everything during the day, and they had so much stuff, and they were able to create... A 1990 and a 1992, actually with that type of tobacco in it that nobody else had because they had it. How long can a tobacco bale exist in proper humidification without being blended uh, before it's unusable? It, it is. It, that's a very relative answer. It has a lot to do with the kind of tobacco, with the farm, the area where it was grown. There, uh, aging is painted out there like the magical medicine, but it's not like that. There are some tobaccos that age very well. There are some tobaccos that when they age, they get just bad. Yeah. They, they, they meet their peak. You know, They're going like, downhill. They the women are like wine. But so women age like milk. Yeah. Uh, they just get sour. <laughs> Same with the tobacco. Okay. You've met my wife? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll leave that alone. And uh, he has some good stories of fighting with his wife lately, too. But we'll get into that later. Um, so uh, you, you're with Rocky, everything's going good, and uh, you're living in Honduras? Yes. We, we always had, uh, first, uh, we always felt we belonged to making cigars on our own. Obviously, we left Cuba like most of people who migrate from a country like that broke. We needed to work for other people. We needed to make some money, get to know the market, you know. Uh, As you say, we, you're talking about yourself and your, your whole family. And, there? My, and, my, and my dad. and uh, Is he they're there with you this, through uh, this process? Yes. Whoa, really? Yes. Okay. My father actually is right now in Brazil. He runs CDF International in Brazil, all the production. They are the largest growers of tobacco for cigars in Brazil today. Most of the Brazilian wrapper you see around are coming from him, including the wrapper on the origin, this is a project we started right. in, uh, in Brazil first time. It's Cuban Seed Corojo, first time grown there. Yeah. We're actually the only company who has that tobacco right now uh, on, on regular production. We started using it on the 777 Corojo, and we had very good results with it, so we started uh, doing it with the origin, too. And you haven't and sold that off to anybody else? Uh, well, you right this, now. It's, uh, of the Corojo. Let's, the, let's put it that way. They have... They have Corojo seed, they have Havana seed grown in Brazil now that they're offering to other producers. They have some production from some particular farms that we started because we've been studying these for a long time now yeah. that are grown exclusively for us. 
Okay. So these farms, uh, these particular uh, crops and, and, and farms are not offered to anybody else. Okay. Or now, you, we it. talked earlier that you were born in El Corojo in Cuba where it's the only place that, that like um, champagne, the only place you can get champagne. Apparently, they stopped growing tobacco altogether there in El Corojo. You somehow have the seed, yes. the mother seeds, and it's grown in, in other places in the country at this point. Yes. One of them being in, in, um, in Brazil, Brazil, yes, which your father is handling, and he's the only one that has this. In Brazil. Okay. Uh, but there are other companies. I know for a fact, for example, that Christian Eiroa right, and right. the Eiroas, they have Corojo seed, and they grow it in Honduras, authentic Corojo seed. Beca uh, because they were one of, one of the families also that had the... Uh, yes, the, yeah. yes. They, they, they were owners of, uh, of, uh, of a big portion of the original Corojo farm. Right. No, I remember when, when Camacho Corojo came out and the big talk and the authenticity of it, that it was certified that this was from the seed of uh, El Corojo and this is the story and blah, blah, blah. And then other people came out with Corojo and he fought. And he, he, Christian gets very passionate about Corojo yeah. and I understand it and uh, I agree with him 100% because Corojo is a name that people throw out there too lightly, yeah, yeah. too easy. And, uh, and there are new seeds that get the Corojo name or the Corojo last name somehow yeah. to make it sound sexy now right, in the industry. Right. So you have to have it. But are not the, the the real thing. We're talking about Corojo without a last name. No Corojo 99, 98, the new hybrids or anything. We're talking just Corojo, the original seed from that area. And That's what they have. And obviously you know the players that would have that, like Christian and your, and your dad, of course, and uh, – Maybe Placencia. Yes, Placencia. Yeah. Because those too. are the people that were yeah. there. There are some things that, that we use. For example, this is this uh, the new Sangre de Toro is the first J Fuego that is a Nicaraguan puro, even when it's made in Honduras because I made the brand there. And all the tobacco there comes from, from uh, Placencia. And all the tobacco is Corojo and Criollo. It's 50-50. Okay. So, yes. We're, we're going to smoke that next, and, and that's Blood of the Bull. So a little more strong. Did that have anything to do with this string? Did that idea come from the... <laughs> Nothing to do with it. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. I wanted to beat Edgar to the punch on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you where the term, come, uh, the term comes from. Uh, you know, traditionally Cuban cigars, especially for the European market, all that is the majority of the market now, is uh, people have been traditionally smoking light-colored Cuban cigars. Yeah. You, you, for many years, you never saw a dark Cuban cigar. Right, there wasn't a Maduro. So when the cigars were made in the factory and they were sorted by color, to put it in the box, to match the color in the box. Uh, there was a table that has several colors and different shades of each color. And the top uh, uh, dark red, thick wrapper that Cuba didn't export was named Sangre de Toro. Okay. Because it's like red, like blood or yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. And They and did that, not export it. Only they French. did not export it. Oh. Most of that tobacco that was very, uh, a very small percentage, people keep it in the factory and smoke it because it was very good. Oh, so this is what we have here. It's a wrapper. The only thing is we did the selection, a very uh, well-made and accurate selection, before we roll the cigar, and we take this particular wrapper for that cigar. And we treat it different. You know, it takes a little bit more aging. It, it, it gets uh, uh, a little bit extra fermentation, and it's still very oily, very rich. Yeah. What country is that wrapper? It's Nicaraguan. Nicaragua. Everything there is Nicaraguan. That's okay. why it's a Nicaraguan puro. I got you. I was, I was waiting to talk. I, I know what listening. you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you so, know. Uh, so what country is the filler from? Uh, yeah. 
but may, maybe there's people out there that don't understand. Is that a Honduran pure, binder? Puro means pure all the way through. Nicaraguan filler binder wrapper. I would understand if it showed up on the chat box, but you're the cigar authority. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it, that's, that's the new American concept of puro. Okay. This, this, is, this is kind of interesting. The name puro comes from Spain, and the reason why they call it puro is because it was made out of pure tobacco, only tobacco. It was the smoking product that didn't have paper on it. Oh, okay. Or, or, or so anything else. A so machine-made cigar now. The Spaniards a- still call the cigar, they call it a puro in some places. They still use that even, term. Even if it's a blend from different countries. It yeah, because it, it, it doesn't mean that it's blended. They call it because it's pure tobacco. Okay. It's only tobacco. But if you were to say Nicaraguan... Puro. Yeah, that concept, the concept changed a little yeah. bit. It got a little bit more accurate, I will say, here when they said when they put the the denomination of origin before the word puro, it means that now you're talking about a tobacco, uh, something that is all tobacco and is from uh, is puro from that original place. Okay, good, good. Uh, all right, so we're, we're in Honduras. You're working for Rocky Patel and. Uh, uh, you're helping them with the blends, and your 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 parents, your father is there with you, and your uncle is. My there. father, my father was working at that time with Placencia, okay, running uh, pre-industry for Placencia, and uh, and growing tobacco there. So uh, in 2006, like I told you, the the, the J Fuego was established in 1876 as a leaf company. That's why the the logo is a leaf, okay, because it was a leaf company. So in 2006 was uh, like the right time, and it was a 130-year round number. So uh, leaf company meaning you would process the leaf, you would sell it yeah, off, they you started, they make started, a cigar. They started the normal evolution of, uh, of a lot of companies. They grew tobacco first and sell it to the dealers, and then they started doing the fermentation. The dealers would do back then the fermentation and the sorting. So they started doing sorting and fermentation, sell the tobacco, fermented, then sorted. Then they started dealing tobacco and supply to um, um People who was going to roll it directly. Okay. And in the in the last times of the of the uh, before Castro in Cuba, they they got into production now, some cigars and cigarettes in uh, in the in uh, in that area in San Luis. Whole so different tobacco, whole yeah. different seed, whole different. No regular seed because Cuba has a high consumption. It has had it historically of uh, uh, cigarette uh, made with cigar tobacco. Really? Yeah, that's that's the majority of the Cuban uh, cigarette uh, industry. Oh, I never knew that. Yes, with yes. additives and things like that. No, or? no, 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 no. Just just the uh, short filler and uh, the paper. No kidding. Yes. So that would be a Cuban cigarette. Yeah. With, with brand names to it or no? Well, yeah, several brand names. You know, the, uh, the most popular so there was uh, La Corona. Uh, uh, Partagas has a had a cigarette. Uh, uh, H. Obman had a cigarette. Uh, Regalias had a cigarette. Uh, Montecristo had a cigarette. Uh, Cohiba has a cigarette. Only in Cuba? In Cuba. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, there is a brand there that's mo- the most popular that is called Popular. Okay, because it is popular. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the most uh, popular brand in Cuba. Uh, yeah. There, yeah, there were several brands. Competidora, many, many uh, cigarette brands. It was a huge market there. All right, we're smoking the 7770, and uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we want to go on to the, the J. Fuego Sandri de Toro, and we want to find out from you uh, 
after you left, you went off on your own. We'll yeah. get into that, and we'll get into uh, what I want to know is what everybody asks. Is Cuban tobacco the best tobacco in the world, or is it elsewhere now? So we'll find that out and a lot more. So, folks, stick around. We're going to be back with Jesus Fuego. He's got a lot more to stay. You can stay on, right? He's going to hang in. So stick around. We'll be back in just a few minutes. A lot more coming up, including cigar etiquette. We'll talk about that, too. So stick around. We'll be right back. Attention all business owners and entrepreneurs looking to grow your business or increase sales. Well, here's your chance to get in on the ground floor of our exclusive radio show, The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority is broadcast across four powerful radio stations throughout New England and across the globe via podcast and live video stream. Team up with the Cigar Authority Radio Network and start connecting with our vast and dynamic audience of educated consumers with disposable income. For advertising and business opportunities designed to take your business to the next level, call me, Chuck Morrison, today at 603-630-8041. That's 603-630-8041. Or send us an email at ads at thecigarauthority.com. Look, if there's one thing that's true about the Cigar Authority listeners, it's that they all enjoy the finer things in life. And that most certainly includes your product or service. True or false? You don't have to spend a lot for a great cigar. True! Well, it's not true anymore, thanks to Dos Ombre Cigars. For over 20 years now, Dos Ombre has been the best bang for your buck brand, period. And with Dos Ombre, there's something for everyone. Try the mild white-banded Dos Ombre Dominican, or the fuller-body green-banded Dos Ombre Nicaraguan, or how about the red-banded Dos Ombre Honduran, available in natural or deep dark Maduro. Now with sizes for everyone, there's something for everyone. Handmade, long-filled, premium cigars, and cost-saving bundles because you can't smoke the box. Dos Ombre, the best bang for your buck premium cigar, period. Now available and flavors. Try Dos Ombre flavors something sweet. Hi, I'm Mr. Jonathan, the owner and operator of MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com. MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com is your one-stop shop for everything DJ or sound production. We do everything from weddings to backyard barbecues, boat cruises to theme parties. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we have a package to fit your needs. Shoot me an email at info at MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com or call me at 603-475-1391. That's 603 603- Three four seven five one three nine one. The back of the box is where all the bull goes. But in this case, there's no box. It's a bundle. A bundle of Desperado cigars. As a matter of fact, there's no band, no fancy ads, no promotions, or any bull at all. Because that costs money. And Desperado cigars are about saving you money. These are not first-quality cigars, not seamless, not perfect, or spectacular in any way. They are not made with tobaccos aged for 12 years, nor have they some secret fermentation process. This is second-quality tobacco made in the Dominican Republic that was formed into a cigar for you to cut, light, and enjoy without breaking the bank. We think they taste pretty good for the money. They'll smoke pretty well. 
and they are so affordable, it wouldn't kill you to hand one to a friend or two to enjoy with you. Desperado Cigars. They'll keep the bugs away and provide you with a nice, inexpensive smoke to experience for about a buck a cigar. Desperado. This is the Cigar Authority. I'm kind of a big deal. The authority on everything cigar. You will respect my authority. Featuring cigar liberties from every major cigar brand. We have with us Christian Aroa. Rocky Patel. Victor Vitale. Eric Hansen. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Nick Perdomo. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Saka. Is Jesus Fuego. Joe Cusano. WWE Hall of Famer, Nikolai Volkov. It's the rock star, Pete Johnson. Jorge Padron. With your host, David Garofalo. That's me. This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. And his friends. That's you. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The one and only Cigar Authority. We are the Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. Damn it, motherfuckers, it's the Cigar Authority. And we are back with the Cigar Authority, and uh, Mr. Jonathan got me thinking, we are not the Cigar Authority. Jesus Fuego <laughs> is the Cigar Authority. He certainly is. It's I don't have a saying that. So we have Jesus Fuego here with us, and uh, it, remarkable story of how he started and we're going to go on from there into, into his own company and his own uh, and his newest cigar uh, which is uh, Jesus Fuego Sandre de Toro. Am I saying it right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, we're going to light that up right now and uh, see what we think of it. Right now, a uh, quick hello to the four stations uh, checking us out. WWZN AM 1510 The Revolution in Boston. WGHM 900 The Game in Nashua, New Hampshire. WARL 1320, that's Positive Energy in Providence, Rhode Island. And WGAM 1250 ESPN Radio in Manchester, New Hampshire. Along with that, you can catch us on Ustream.tv or at your convenience, uh, catch a podcast of the Cigar Authority on Podbean.com or uh, anytime on the CigarAuthority.com. They're all there for you, all the past episodes, except one, the lost episode, which was Jesus Fuego, but we're taking care of that right now and covering all our bases. So uh, welcome back, everybody. Sangre de Toro is uh, blood of the bull, right? Yes. You mean i got to put this down? you got to put seven, it down seven, for now, we're, and we'll get back to it. You know, you can always go back to a cigar if you don't. You know, the next day, I don't know about it, but a little while yeah, later. Take this. Thank you. Better later. Uh, so this is a uh, Nicaraguan Puro, meaning all pure Nicaraguan, including the wrapper, Mr. Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, please. That, I mean, thank you for the uh, clarification there. Right. And uh, I was really starting to worry about you. I think we're going to get, uh, I think uh, we're going into a fuller bodied cigar right from the first puff right there. Ooh. And it draws like a straw. Yeah. Little, wow. he- little heavier than the rest. Yeah. Uh, which it, it seems uh, is uh, what's popular right now is uh, people are getting into fuller-bodied cigars. It's moving up the scale a little. It used to be a small, small segment, but I think people's tastes are, and palates are starting to uh, really appreciate uh, fuller-bodied cigars. So anyway, last we left, you, you were mentioning you, you, you're at Rocky Patel. You're helping them with the blends, and uh, um, you're... You, your dad and your uncle are a placentia and stuff, and what happens now? Okay, uh, 2006 was coming. We had, uh, while we were making cigars or, or blending or uh, overseeing production for other people, we were also putting tobacco aside. 
it was it was always my idea and and my ambition to put revive our our, our uh, family name and uh, we had some brands sleeping there that we wanted to use and all that so like i was telling before it was a timing thing you know uh, 2006 was 103rd anniversary of the family in the business my dad uh the year previous to that moved decided to move to brazil he always wanted to go there okay uh, he he just was passionate about brazil and new tobaccos and all that and he got this offer to go run uh, cdf there and um basically we kind of sat and uh, and said okay we have made cigars for a lot of people and uh it's in in uh, in, uh, in blended for other people let's take a break yeah let's do two cigars the one you like and the one i like my dad and i okay and uh put it out there i wanted to move here i wanted to bring my daughters and raise them in the u.s in the US. and Found get them a better Miami. education all yeah. that yes so that that's pretty much let's see what happens and uh, we started with the j fuego gran reserva and the natural now uh, how old your dad right now my dad just turned 61 Okay, and uh, as we all know in the cigar business, that's very young. Thank God he's in very good shape good. And, uh, and, uh, and, and very productive. Okay, good. So he loves it. He wants to keep going. He wants the family name out there. And so we, you started as a company, and it's J. Fuego. And yeah, he moved to Brazil. We had the company Tobacco SA. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we brought the company to U.S., incorporated here. And, uh, and brought our brands and started to sell in the here. We started in 2006, December 2006, and Christmas selling the J. Fuego Gran Reserva Natural. And then uh, next year we introduced the 777, uh, right. uh, Maduro. And then Why? What's, what, what's with 777? What does that mean? It's triple it, the it, luck. It, it's, uh, I'm shocked that the name wasn't taken. Uh, the, 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 that's the, the slot machine, 777, yeah, seven, right? Well, that's where it comes from. I mean, okay. my, my, my brother-in-law gave my little daughter one of these uh, toys that is like a slot machine. All that right. uh, every time you pull, you win, and you get some candy there. You All pull right. candy, and you get a candy. So she was, uh, she, she hit the thing and got like three seven. She was like, oh, that I won like in Vegas. Look at this. So I, I look at it. All my boxes are boxes of 21, three rows of seven. So I said, it, it goes well with the, with the whole format. And we're the only box of 21 in the market. Okay. As, a, as a rule, and uh, we decided to raise the, uh, the the brand and uh, and start making it. Okay, and, and uh, how about the, the the last cigar we just smoked was seven seven seven, Z E R O zero. That's the newest. Uh, that's that that's just gimmicky. I think so. It. I mean the name. Okay. I I wanted a name to to make it to to uh, to be able to differentiate the cigar. And and when I smoked the blend, and what I wanted to do is stroke me like that, like zero, no, 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 no harshness, no bitterness. Okay. You know, everything pleasant, smooth, clean. PepsiCo uh, zero, no calories. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's what that is. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it's not zero flavor. I, I found oh, not, that I found that all. to be packed in flavor, although mild and smooth. It, uh, I don't know if they, p- people looking at zero, it's going to be, you know flavorless macanudo style type of thing because it's not at all no okay. not at all okay. and we're getting very good uh reviews on the cigar we're getting very good reorders the numbers are there and don't lie yeah it's a very well priced connecticut cigar is i i would dare to say it's yeah. one of the best priced premium connecticut cigars you, out there you, you're uh you're five to six dollars in price mm-hmm and uh, all your cigars are priced well. And, and in, in the marketplace in the U.S., uh, for sure, 
Uh, your stuff is where it, it needs to be. Uh, you know, I know everybody wants to make more money, but I think you're, you're, you're right there in the sweet spot of pricing for the we're still consumer. We're still in that romantic stage that we want to see a lot of people smoking the cigar. Yeah, you know? yeah, it yeah. doesn't make sense if you do something and, 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 and people don't smoke it. You know? Right. And people, people cannot afford it. Yeah, but. yeah. We put a $20 cigar out, limited release. You only sold 100 boxes, and nobody made any money. And nobody, you know, it's a business. It's, it comes down to business, and uh, I'm impressed by the fact that there's 21 because so many cigar companies put a uh, little wood block in there to make it. They go through the extra trouble to right. short you the one cigar. It holds 21 cigars. Why not fill it up? Well, you know what? That's how the 21 count came came to the uh, to the market for us because we realized if we put a piece of wood there, I'm paying to ship that thing from Honduras or Way Nicaragua, small. and you're paying to bring it here, and you don't sell it. You don't sell the wood. So better put a cigar there. Right. Right? Genius. <laughs> it, it, it's simple, but it is. It's gold, Jerry. But but nobody does it. I think you're the only one out there with a 21-count box. Yeah, I think he so. He did already say that, so you're two for two now. <laughs> well, I, I think it's true. I'm, I'm anyway, uh, okay, so uh, Dad goes to uh, Brazil, and you start the U.S. Uh, of, of your own brand, at that point, uh, you leave Rocky, and yes. and where do you have your cigars made? I have everything made with Placencia. Okay. I um, some uh, rollers that I trained in previous operations that I was working with before, and and uh, and uh, trained with the triple cap thing okay. that now a lot of people do, but it was kind of new 10, 15 years sure. ago in Central America. We started making it there. Which was the Actually, old Cuban way of doing it. One of the first cigars that came to the U.S. market, at least in the last 20 years, with triple cap, was the Vega Talanga Corojo series. Okay. And the, 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 the reason for that is we wanted to make it in the, in, the, in the pure traditional Cuban way. You know, it was O Corojo. It was one of the first cigars also, O Corojo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not, not the first one, but it was one of the first cigars, O Corojo, all from farms that we control back then. Yeah. And uh, and everything uh, everything made in the in the Cuban style, you know. So uh, some of these uh, people, when they heard that we were doing some production, uh, that we were going to start producing cigars, some of them came to us and and they got a, a, a job in Placencia plus the people that Placencia had there. So what we have is is like a factory inside of a factory. We have a group of rollers that are working only in our production. Yeah. Thank. Placencia for that, for giving us that chance. And tobacco that's only used in your blend. Yes. Actually, all the tobaccos we use, except for the wrapper on the 777 that is grown by ASP in, in, and is available in the market, everything else we use is being somehow grown exclusively for our cigars, either by Placencia, some special things that he grows just for us, or by my father Yeah, in Brazil. So it, 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 it also gives you a little bit of an edge there because uh, uniqueness you have. If you don't have the best tobacco there, at least you have one that is unique. Right, right. And, and, and your taste is a little different. Well, it, it tastes like no other. You, it's not like you're smoking this and say, this tastes just like the, no, because it doesn't because it's all by itself yeah. in, in uniqueness. It's in a class by itself. Bob, are you smoking the cigar? He's not paying any attention. He, this is right up his alley. It's a little, a little heavier than, than what I tend to like. Uh, it's up there in strength. Mm. Blood of the bull. Too heavy? No. Yeah, you're okay? I'm okay. I had breakfast. Okay, so you put your first uh, cigars out at Christmas time. 
you take the road yourself. You're, you're, uh, yeah, I hit the road. Uh, you are your own national sales manager, and uh, I was I was my own everything. Yeah. I was my own uh, cleaning guy in the, in the yeah. office too. You know, the 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 first time it was like that. I think uh, we could have made it a little different. Uh, we could have started hiring people right at the beginning, but I I believe that to understand the place, you got to go to church. Yeah. So uh, it was. It's a new country. It's a new language. It's a new culture that you I wanted. You didn't speak English. I, well, I spoke English. I studied English in Cuba, but but uh, but I needed to try to improve. I still need to try to improve it, you know, and learn the culture, learn uh, what the consumers looking for, the feedback from the retailers that have been amazing. Yeah. Lots of ideas that we have today that are working very well for us came from the retailers. From listening to the retailers. We're the only company in the market right now that has all the products in trays, available in boxes and trays, all the lines, 100% of them. Which is for space. For the you know, s- we as retailers are out of space. Yeah. We so. give the retailers the choice of bringing the cigars, as you know, in boxes, in trays, and we fill the boxes in trays with bundles. If they don't want to pay for the wood, yeah. there's a problem with the wood, and it's getting more expensive. And, 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 and pay tax and on the wood. The, and not only that. I don't make boxes. Yeah. I'm not a carpenter. Yeah. I make cigars. I make a flavor. <laughs> so I leave the boxes to the boxes maker. My boxes are very simple, and, and I don't mess with them. And I think it's just a frame for the cigar. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we try to do that, and that has come mostly from uh, listening to the retailer. So that, that was the beginning. I think is I think it, it feels nicer than that. You have a more uh, a bigger sense of accomplishment if you started small and you saw it growing yeah. slowly and gradually. And uh, we have done, I think, a good job trying to protect our brands. Yes, yes. Um, uh, it's only been a few years, though. Uh, yes, we're five years. But yet hundreds of years in the business, five years <laughs> in, the, in the U.S. market as your own brand, yes. almost like starting over again. Yes. But you're a young man. You've got a lot more, to, lot, uh, more time to go. Uh, I, uh, I have a question. Mr. Jonathan, flavor of the week. Oh, okay. I held off on thank you. I held off on the other ones because I, I didn't want to fill the show with just me tasting weird stuff. Um, I'm tasting a mildly spiced and toasted Brazil nut. On Brazil this. because it's on your mind. No, okay. Because initially I thought maybe macadamia nuts because it has kind of a fatty smoke to it, and then I thought about it for a little while and it's a little bit more on the Brazil nut side. It's a little mustier and good with the spicy and. A spicy Brazil nut. That's what you're going for, I'm right? I use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, lots of the terms that I use in events and to describe cigars, I learned that thing in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we, we're crazy. We taste these different things. Well, so. it's, it's fun. I mean, yeah. it, the, 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 the smoking cigar is just not something that you do just as a, as a vice because you have to do it. People people make this also a celebration. They, they enjoy the cigar. They smoke it with time. Yeah. And and obviously they they like to do that with cigars and and with scotch and try wine the different nuances and all that in Cuba we didn't analyze this cigar. No, we had good and bad, you know, <laughs> strong and mild, uh, like yeah. sweet and not sweet or bitter, basic things. Okay, but uh, I I have got a good education listening to to my consumers. Okay, are you, are you picking up on this? I am. He likes my. He likes it. He's there. being nice. He's very gentle. He is a very nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which takes me to the question now, which is what everybody asks all the time, is, does Cuba make the best tobacco? 
people, you know, in the United States, because this is the uh, thing we can't have in the United States. It's, it's an illegal embargo against Cuban tobacco or any com- uh, uh, Cuban product. Therefore, people can't get it. And the old thing of years ago, every cigar was made in Cuba. Uh, although most cigar smokers of today don't remember smoking cigars before 1960. But they, the belief is that we can't get that, and Cuba has the best tobacco in the world. Cuban cigars are the best cigars in the world. Yet I say the people that were making these great cigars, your family, has left. Therefore, the people hope maybe that you taught or things, but nobody's as good as the teacher. Yeah, it's, not, it's not the ingredients. It's the chef that makes the meal. Well, what do you well, say? Well, um, it's it, it's a little bit more complex like that. Uh, first, usually, usually the the student, if it's good, is better than the teacher, or have the chance to get better. Could be if he's paying attention, because if the teacher broke his brain to go from here to here, you don't have to rediscover that. You can start from where he ended. That's a good point, Dave. or close to. Yeah, that's that's one thing. I mean, I, there is very uh, there is a lot of people very talented in Cuba making cigars. There is no doubt about that. Um, making good cigars. There is more a problem of how things are handled because when something is not privately on, your name is not on it. It's the, the, the proud. Yeah, the they fact can't be that pro- you're proud of it, it's, yeah. it's, it's not that it doesn't have that much of a weight in the Cuban production. The there's, no, thing, there's no carrot at the end for these guys to make it better. Uh, yeah. We're all like men. That. We're all still, driven by ego. still people that are very proud of what they do, but it's not the same like when you have your family name on it. You yeah, know, yeah. You, 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 you better do it right or get something else to do. But the other thing is uh, the answer of is Cuba have the best tobacco is, is uh, it's not that simple because a lot of people talk about Cuba like it's a farm. You're right. And Cuba is a country. So it has farms that are very good, as good as anything I know, or, or uh, as the best, but there are farms that are unsmokable. There is good tobacco and bad tobacco in Cuba, like there is good tobacco and bad tobacco in Nicaragua yeah. and in Honduras. All I can tell you about that is every time I have had the chance for fun to mix good Cuban tobacco with good Nicaraguan, good Honduran, or Brazilian, the result for me has always been better than the Cuban by itself or the Nicaraguan by itself. So it's a great ingredient. Like Mexican tobacco, for instance. I, I, I equate uh, a Mexican Puro. It, it's dirty tasting. It's not good by itself. But that ingredient in a lot of cigars make, make it fantastic. Salt. You know, salt is good mixed with in your food. Yeah, you don't just eat spoonfuls but, of but salt. But a spoonful of salt is awful. Okay. Yeah. I, I would say that's, that's a good way to put it. What I noticed in... in some areas in Cuba, but also this you can find in some places in Central America too, and in Brazil. Uh, some areas in Cuba, the the farm has enough complexity in the tobacco that you make the tobacco all from the same farm, and you still get uh, uh, an interesting uh, array of flavors. Yeah, and and there are farms. There are some farms that Placencia has in uh, in Jalapa. Uh, in the island of Ometepe, in, the, in Nicaragua, that are very interesting. There is a farm that the Eiroa family has in Honduras called Coyolar. Yeah. It's a small farm, but it's unique. It is, is, those are places that I have walked into the Cuban barn, and they have brought me back to my childhood in Cuba. No the kidding. smell of the Cuban, Cuban barns in Cuba. Sweet, the yeah, sweet, it's, raisiny it's, it's, smell. It's, it's a Janos Equa, but it's, it's there. It's, it's, uh, 
it's an interesting thing, but there, there are good tobaccos everywhere. I think when you take the forbidden fruit factor out of the equation, yeah. the, the, the gap between the Cuban and non-Cubans can, can narrow down a lot. Okay. All right. Um, but you, you have blended Cuban tobacco with other things. Yeah. Yeah, I keep in touch. Yeah? <laughs> that I have never tried. I would love it's someday. I can, I can't Intent. Uh, I, I can't <laughs> you can't email a cigar, but when you can snail mail when one you to go, When you go to, uh, to the factories, I can show you uh, some uh, I would things. love to try you that. Know, some, sometimes friends of mine come from Cuba, and they brought us uh, like a hand of Cuban tobacco or some Cuban cigars, and I destroy them yeah. and mix it with uh, Honduran tobacco and uh, Nicaraguan tobacco and Get some and interesting you, get, you get interesting combinations there. When and if the day ever lifts, that's what I am loving the most of what would happen is having some big-name cigar brands adding blend, blending Cuban tobacco in with it. Can you imagine some of these big-name cigar brands having a Cuban wrapper or a Cuban binder or something that will completely change the, the taste? We, so won't, it, we won't see Jesus again because everyone's going to want him to make their cigars. Right, <laughs> right. He's right. going to be stuck. All right. Uh, so, what's in the future for Jesus Fuego? Okay, we have a, we have a, we're trying to um, reorganize our our portfolio of uh, blends. We had phase out the J Fuego natural. For example, we had one tobacco that competed in all three J Fuego blends that we had, and we didn't have enough for it. We foresee that that in the future we're not going to be able to maintain the production, so we needed to phase out the natural yeah. for a while until we catch up with the aging and all that. Uh, so we introduced the new Sangre de Toro. This is going to this is not even in, uh, in uh, maybe 75 stores in the country right now. It's okay. going to be formally introduced at the show. Okay. We don't even have all the sizes out now. At the show, there is going to be an original uh, pack. With the Sangre de Toro blend. Nice. And there's going to be a 6x60 on the Sangre de Toro. Ah, I was going to ask that's, that. That's How do you feel about 6x60? Um, I feel about 6x60 like any other size. Well, I, like, I love selling them. Yeah. That yeah. I like. I'm not a 6x60 smoker. I believe that not all the sizes go well with all the blends. Yeah. So we have some cigars that we don't make a 6x60, and we have some that we believe that they go well with it. So Sangre de Toro is one of those. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a thing for the show. Uh, we have a new cigar. It's an old brand that we acquired years ago, and it has come. It has become our inexpensive bombo cigar. It's Royal Nicaraguan. Right. Uh, we, we just put it out in two brands and uh, two wrappers. Uh, Oscuro, that is a Brazilian wrapper, and Sumatra wrapper. Four sizes, very well priced. It retails between two twenty and two eighty. I on six by six. I smoked that cigar in your office, and there is a premium cigar in a bundle it is not a bundled cigar although the price is right you're not paying for the box and stuff but that was a very very good cigar for that kind of price it was unbelievable yeah it's a it's a mixed filler cigar yeah. i think i think uh i think uh, it turned out to be nice you know we what we did was a mixed filler so we can use some of the cuts of the premium tobacco that right. we're using so it's the same kind of tobacco just a little cheaper because it's not whole leaves and uh it has a wrapper a double binder and a leaf a long filler and some short filler so it helps to break the cost down and, and all that and held the ash on long like you would you would have never knew it had shot components in it if you didn't say it so uh that's that's what we have uh right now and we're about to put well this you know yeah yeah i'm very excited we, about we're it we're about to have uh this is this is something new that we're going to do with two guys i i, I really like this idea 
we're, uh, next year, in 2012, we're going to introduce the Origin Maduro. We have a very good blend for that. It's a very pleasant cigar, full-bodied, very rich, with the Brazilian Maduro wrapper. And uh, this Delicious. cigar... Delicious. This cigar is going to be between uh, two weeks, more or less. I mean, in two weeks from now, between then and the show next year, only available at two guys' uh, uh, stores. Wow. We're going to test market. This is what we did with Camacho. That's when, called when the power play. Out. It's a power play. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> We're going to test market and tweak and whatever we have to do with it to figure out yeah. uh, how great it is. If I can only wish it does what Camacho did for him. Yeah, we're, we're very happy with the blend, but the reality is I, I, I don't feel like I can just walk back in a chair and call the factory and tell them blend this and that and you have a winner. We want to share it with the people, get the feedback. I think Two Guys is a very well-reputed company that, that is good. It's a good sure vehicle to, to do that. And uh, yeah, we're excited just, about that. Bring your extension cord, plug into the machine, and then <laughs> When do you expect that to, to land? When do you think I'll have it in my hand? Uh, we're aiming. I'm going next week to see and smoke the cigar after the agent and give them the okay to pack it. So I'm hoping in two weeks, more or less, we'll be having this before the end of May. Wow. Yeah, we'll baby. We'll be having the cigars here. So we can yeah. have some samples on the show, and we'll... We'll talk about it. Oh, and, uh, I can't wait. We don't, you don't have to come up, but you give us a call, and we, we'll talk about it as, as we and smoke Actually, I think at that point, you'll set the record. You will be the person who's been on the show the most. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be nice. <laughs> Even like it goes, you know. <laughs> so uh, what, what's uh, besides uh, the special cigar you're putting out as, as a Maduro for us as a test, do you have anything online to, to come out? Uh, uh, Sangre de Toro, which is brand new. Yeah, that's going to be the, the feature this year of the show is going to be the Sangre de Toro. And the new uh, Royal Nicaraguan. And uh, next year, we're going to introduce the Origin. And we have some tobacco, some cigars that are already made. Uh, there is a line of, uh, we, we still don't have all the details. But the cigars are already made. And it's going to be a Figurado series that is going to come under the J Fuego brand. Okay. Uh, it looks like, at least at the beginning, because it's, 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 uh, it's, it's kind of a very small uh, selected tobacco that we have old and we don't have enough to make too many. At the beginning, it's going to come out as a form of uh, some kind of limited edition okay. or maybe once or twice a year or something like that. Few sizes, not many sizes, all figurado. Okay. So we're going to have like uh, some interesting sizes there, Bellicoso, small diademas, uh, what people call Salomon here, there's uh, diadema extra from Cuba, that kind of thing. All right. What do, you, what do you call this size here on the original? We call it original. That, the, the, we, uh, there is no name. There is no name. The only thing guaranteed there is that it's five inches long. The rest is more or less 44 because it's made with no mold. Yeah, just in the hand and that's it. Yeah, this is, this is, just, uh, this is just what we do to, to when we want to know what we have there and we don't have any, anybody around it's to impress. What, yeah, it's what you smoke. Yes, this is what you smoke. That's 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 what I smoke, and it was uh, some of our reps' uh, idea. That guy there, Edgar, Edgar, pushed a lot for that. Yeah. Do you uh, when you're when you're going to roll a cigar like this? If you wanted to sample a blend for, we'll say a, a sixty ring gauge, would you just roll one like this, that thick? No, we you we, can get the flavors from no, something smaller. I I smoke it like that, and I know if I like the combination. Okay. Then uh, the ring will change the strength or how smooth it goes or then after we we smoke it like that and we like the blend then we make several sizes and we see which one of those let's say we're going to put out five sizes we might make like 15 or 20 
I smoke them all and see the best five that go with that blend. Sure, sure. So that's why in some of our cigars that Robusto is 49 and some is 52, in some of our cigars, we have Lancero. We don't have Lancero in other cigars. In some cigars, the big one is 54 only, but in other ones, it's 58. In other ones, it's 60. So yeah. that's how we do it. We, we smoke the blends and, and see what we, what we believe that goes better with the blend. Beautiful. Size-wise. All right. We're up against the break. I can't thank you enough. You are the cigar authority, <laughs> let me tell you. You certainly are. Thank you, Jesus. The cigar I can't authority thank... is the people who smoke it. You, thank you so much. Uh, Jesus Fuego, everybody. This is the man. This is him right here. There's no doubt about it. When we come back, we'll get into cigar etiquette and all the events and promotions and things coming up in the near future. Stick around, everybody. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. Fleur de Lorraine. She came from the streets of Paris. Fleur de Lorraine is a magnificent jewel of a cigar with a contemporary French style and prestige. Fleur de Lorraine marries rare aged tobaccos in old world craftsmanship. Fleur de Lorraine. Deep layers of lush tobaccos fuse in a symbol of charismatic intensity for luxurious expression with no concession. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover Fleur de Lorraine's rich, bold taste with a little European flair. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover the extraordinary craftsmanship behind every Fleur de Lorraine. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover Fleur de Lorraine's elegance, charm, and value. Fleur de Lorraine, now available in natural or Maduro. Discover Fleur de Lorraine cigars at fine tobacconists everywhere. Fleur de Lorraine. Fleur de Lorraine. From the streets of Paris to you. Let me ask you a serious question. Do you like what you're doing for a living? Are you sick of being in the rat race, living life on other people's terms? Hi, this is Chuck Morrison from MakingMountainsMove.com, and I challenge you to take back control of your life and make mountains move to live the life that you were meant to live. If you have a dream, a burning desire, but feel miles away from living it, I can help. You see, I used to be a stressed-out corporate slave with time for everyone but me and my family until I made the decision to follow my heart and pursue my passion. Today, I'm living life on my terms and helping people achieve the same in record time. Look, you have a purpose to serve in this life, and I can guarantee you it's not to be stuck inside of some job or some career that's sucking the life right out of you. It's time for you to take back control of your life. It's time for you to make mountains move. Take the first step today. Head on over to makingmountainsmove.com and sign up for my free number one secret to help you get out of your job and into your dream. It's time for you to make mountains move. I say, sir, enjoying a good cigar shouldn't cost you a fortune. And it doesn't have to when you light up a classic. Classic brand cigars are priced right, and there is a blend or size just right for you. Classic Connecticut is a mild and smooth smoke, while the classic Maduro is deep, dark, and delicious. The classic Cameroon has a hint of natural sweetness, that will keep you coming back for more and more. But it's the classic Cuban that is bold and full-flavored, just like the classic Cuban cigars from before the embargo. Every classic blend is available in four 
classic sizes, the Robust, Toro, Churchill, and Torpedo. But whichever one you choose, a classic cigar will guarantee you a smooth and easy draw. Classic cigars, the name says it all, sir. The ads are all over TV and radio. Foreclosure, default, loan modification. If you're having trouble making your mortgage payments, before you give up, ruin your good name and lose your home, you need to call Paul Antonelli, that short sale guy. As a Coldwell Banker agent, Paul specializes in helping people sell their home in a short sale. You see, a short sale is a complicated transaction most real estate agents don't understand. Not every homeowner can qualify for a short sale, and some lose valuable time and money when they try the short sale process only to find that they don't qualify. Paul understands the process and knows the steps for a successful short sale. When you call, Paul will cover all the necessary details and tell you if a short sale is possible on your property. Remember the name, Paul Antonelli, or go to thatshortsaleguy.com and watch Paul's informational videos. Then call and let his expertise guide you to a successful short sale. You're at your computer now, so go to thatshortsaleguy.com. Paul Antonelli and the short sale team. Go to thatshortsaleguy.com. Born of cold Russian winters, the wheat of hammer and sickle is hand-cleared in the Black Earth region. Nandrai shipped to the distillery, where masters of the craft distill and filter hammer and sickle six times, transforming the harvest into a smooth, super-premium vodka, worthy of its Russian heritage. Hammer and sickle, super-premium vodka, Russian reborn. 40% alcohol by volume. Imported by Clean Spirits, LLC, Massachusetts. Please enjoy responsibly. Got your highest deepest home. Yeah! James Brown. Love yeah, it, baby. Love it. We're back on the Cigar Authority. Jesus Fuego. What do you think, Ozzy? The man or what? The man. And that then is. some. And then some. Absolutely. So, uh... We're, I'm smoking. I'm going to continue to smoke the Sangre di Toro. Although, As am I. Although a little heavy for me. Uh, I'm a, I went through the line. I'm going to finish. I'm also know my two guys smoke shop orange soda to help. See, you're doing your, your, balance it out. Because why not copy somebody? Why be original if you have to, right? Two guys, one stick. They smoke orange soda. I like it. You like it? I like it. It was a good idea. All right. I'm not into copying people just for the sake of copying. Well, them, Dave. But if they have a good idea. You know, you guys know I do work with the Patriots, yeah. and as I learned directly from them, they've achieved a lot of success over the years. What happens? All the other teams start to mimic and copy their plays. Right. It's a copycat league. It's a copycat. It's it's a, it's the biggest form of flattery. That's what they say. Uh, it aggravates me sometimes, and uh, it's it's a whole show I could go on because uh, it's been brutal so, lately. Speaking of aggravation, yeah, I have a whole lot of luck this weekend. Well, this weekend being last weekend because this show is airing on the 21st. Yeah, so, so you work your butt off. So this weekend coming up, which is a week ago from when the show airs, right. I uh, have a gig on Friday, which yeah. is tomorrow for us now, but yeah. last I got, Friday. I got you got you. it. Then Saturday I've got the show. Yeah. Then from there I'm driving to Mount Washington to DJ a wedding. Driving back, sleep for a couple of hours. My wife signed us up for a family feud. So I have to go in Not for the family, the, the family feud. Really? To go in and audition for that. That'd be awesome if you end up getting. Oh man! And then, so who will your family be? Like I'm family to you. Yeah, man. Well, no, I like how about family? some love, that, dude? That would be tempting. I'd, <laughs> I'd be all in because I don't want to go. Because Why? right after the taping, I've got to drive to Vermont to DJ a wedding. Then when that wedding wraps up, I've got to hightail it all the way from Vermont to Wayland, Mass to DJ Sunday night, all the way down there. It is a very lucky weekend for me. So. Survey says, ding. <laughs> Richard Dawson, who's the, who's the host now? Uh, uh, Drew. 
uh, Drew Carey. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Drew Carey, yeah. Wow. No kidding, huh? Yeah. So who, you, you got you, your wife, daughter. Ex-husband. Really? And I'm hoping his girlfriend, so that we have like the squad. He's tight with the ex-husband. It's the wackiest thing. He and I go out for sushi all the time. He judged the competition that I tied for first in, and then he wouldn't give me the award because he thought that everybody was. That's pretty cool, actually. We went out to dinner right after that, where he told me why I didn't win first place. You know, he came up with some goofy concoction to tell the other judges. Did he remarry? Unheard of. He will never remarry, but his. Lifetime partner is a girl, and you know they're wow. together forever. They own two condos together. You know they live in Boston full time because she's a doctor, and Nothing they wrong with that man. Stay up here in Wyndham, yeah. and they've got a condo there so that the kid doesn't have to go all the way to Boston and come back up to school. So, wow, wow, so family feud. Yeah, I'm excited for it. you're gonna. Have to I don't want to go. You want to go? What if there's traffic? Are you, are you and gonna I can't wear make pink? Are you gonna, the the, are you gonna Are you gonna snazz it up? I guess I probably you, should. You have to, man. Are you going to miss the Jonathan with a hat? Obviously. They'll yes. tell you to take the hat off, probably. Oh, no, no. Cigar in your mouth? Yes. Oh, unlit. Unlit? Yeah. Or at least in the pocket. In the mouth. In the mouth. Family That's what, feud. That'd be something. And we could talk about it during the show and all that stuff. As, as you're going through the process, you tell us all about it and how it's going. You win the million dollars. You quit the job here. <laughs> I can see how it's going to go anyway. So you're working real hard. You're getting lucky, and that's how it's going, yeah. right? Getting lucky. That's how it, that's how it, uh, it works for sure. Uh, geez, lots going on in the cigar world. Lots happening. Um, we're going to have coming up real soon uh, the Berlin Wall. The Berlin Wall from the folks at uh, Hammer and Sickle. They're going to exhibit the Berlin Wall, a big, big chunk, 15 feet three high, tons three tons. To big. call it a chunk is such a disservice. I mean, this is like <laughs> the wall itself. Right? <laughs> so in, uh, two guys in Nashua, New Hampshire, Friday, June 3rd. It's going to be on display outside because it doesn't fit in the building. So it's going to be outside the door, and everybody can go there. This is a piece of history, folks. Yeah. Come on by. Bring the kids. Show them. There will be somebody there explaining it. This is real history. Uh, and on Saturday, June 4th, we'll have it at the Salem store. Again, they got to crane this thing in. It's going to be very exciting to have it. Brought to you by Berlin Wall Cigars, and uh, we're, we're honored and so grateful that they uh, have uh, chosen us to uh, display this ad. It's going to be a great thing, so uh, we look forward to that. June 3rd, June 4th, June 4th, it'll be in Salem. So will the Cigar Authority, and we'll have uh, Eric Hansen on. Um, you know, Hopefully we can do something with this camera. We can bring it out, yeah. figure out somehow to, to show it. Can, we, can that be done? But yes, the answer is it can be done. We'll figure out how to do it, but the answer is, of course, it can be done. They sure, put, we'll into them. put everything on wheels, and we'll just wheel it we'll all out. We'll figure out something. Get a huge extension cord for that sucker. We'll do something. The answer is yes. So okay. That's the answer. That's how, <laughs> that's how you get lucky anyway. Uh, also coming up, uh, Nick Perdomo is uh, going to do an appearance uh, June 18th on the Cigar Authority. Nice. We have him on the 17th coming to the two guys in Nashua and Seabrook, and we have a cigar dinner coming out with him on the 18th at night, but during the day, we're going to have him in the Salem store, in on the Cigar Authority, and uh, he will now take the lead as the most times on the show. He's only been on twice. This will be twice, but he's phoned in so many times. He has. So we'll have him on there. I think he's got new cigars coming out and all that, so we'll talk to Nick Perdomo. That's June 18th on the Cigar Authority. He'll especially make an appearance if we tell him that it's tied. Right. We can always get him on because he doesn't ex- like coming in second at all. He's excited to actually come on the show. This is catching on, you know. The cigar makers are actually calling us. They want to do it. 
It used to be they would call you because you're a customer of theirs. I would call them and say, listen, can you do me no, a favor? No, I'm saying when they yeah. call you, they'd be yeah, calling yeah. you to talk about just cigar right. business, and now they're calling and saying, hey, I'm going to be up. Be I mind. got this new thing coming out. Can I be on the show? Yeah. Can I come up and do it? And I'm like, yeah. They're a year too late, in my opinion, but Dave still <laughs> wants to let them well, on. They have to see if it was going to work. You know, Obviously, it is his work to a certain degree anyway. We have three or four people listening now, right? Yeah, we're at five or six Yeah, yeah. something. So uh, what I want to talk about right now is uh, etiquette in a cigar Love store. All right, is so is it okay if I go online and I buy a box of cigars and I walk into your shop and I just start handing out free cigars to your customers? And tell them where you got it and what a great deal it was. Yeah, is that okay? The answer is no. This Does this happen? These things happen. All right, and on. I don't think it's, it, it, it's meant badly or something. The guy got a good deal or something. So you don't want me giving away free cigars. So what if someone All goes over to cigars. your cabinet and they, they're going to get, uh, you know, a, uh, we'll say an origin, and I, I buy my origins and I, or I take a pack that Jesus gave me and I sell those to don't. your customers. No, that's not good either. What I'd, like you, what I'd like you to do is if you ever want to do it, you come in, you buy a box of cigars, you open it up, and there's a guy sitting next to you, and he says, wow, what are you smoking? And you say, such and such, I like it very much. Would you like one? Yeah. So no problem with that. You bought the cigar from me. You're taking up air conditioning. You're taking up space, our time. Uh, you know, it's not and free. at that point, it becomes advertising for you because when they say, where did you get it? Well, I just bought it right there at the register. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That's okay. Be, I'd be surprised any different, but... The answer, the long answer, the short answer is yes. This kind of stuff happens every day, not just in our cigar store, but it happens in every cigar store. So here's a little, uh, some of the points of etiquette. Don't be a conversation snatcher. Okay, now what does that mean? If you walk into a cigar lounge where the conversation is taking place, don't try to change it. Uh, you can wait for the appropriate time and weigh in and participate, but there's nothing, nothing worse than a newcomer who disrupts a discussion about politics or the economy with some unrelated remark about the Red Sox bullpen or something. Okay. All right? Not a terrible yep. thing, but this is just some so, etiquette. For example, and I do this sometimes, you know, people will be talking on the couch, and I come up and I say, speaking of full moons, I just was talking to Victor what, Vitale. What, which has nothing to do with what they're talking about, and that's so bad that's etiquette. So that's bad etiquette. That okay. Is. All right. I'm learning now. I'm learning. And I'm wondering if you pulled this out from stuff that I've done to you. Is nope, that? nope. This was uh, right, online this was somewhere, done. and here it is. And I, I thought it was interesting, and I said, wow, these things happen actually all the time. And nobody says anything to you until you walk away. Then they talk about you behind your back. All right. Let's say you're on medication. Okay. Is it okay just to stop taking your medication and then go to the cigar store mm-hmm. and be crazy? So I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. That's not okay. No. All right. That is not. Is that on the list? It is not. I added that one. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, mine's better. Uh, it's bad etiquette. Mine's better. I hate that. Okay, you what about mine's that? bigger? The one-upper, right? It's a one-up guy, yeah. Uh, smoking a cigar uh, is a matter of taste, and what you prefer um, is what you prefer, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, certainly if you – it's a topic of conversation. You talk about, uh, hey, I like the cigar or something, but to say uh, yours stinks, mine's better, uh, one-up and the guy on a cigar – you know, you don't know this is what he can afford. This happens to be uh, what he loves. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's uh, the owner of the brand. You know, could be sitting there. Jesus is sitting here right now. Somebody sits there and says, hey, what are you smoking? Oh, I'm smoking a new Jesus. We go, oh, I'm smoking the such and such, which is way better than that. You don't do that. It seems. Dave, you know what I always say to my listeners? Yeah. 
So it's always common sense. It's just not common practice. And that's right. what this is. Right, right. But it's, it's so important. This is why you guys are the authority, the cigar authority, is to educate the consumer. This is Wait, it. why are you including him in that? <laughs> I am the cigar authority. He's my assistant. Jesus Fuego is the cigar authority. <laughs> totally is. We should change the whole start of this whole show. Uh, know your audience. That's the next etiquette. Know your audience. Uh, ask around. Um, you never know. Mm. Keep it clean. Know who's there. You know, there might be a woman in there, and you're, you're talking some kids. stuff you shouldn't have said. There's kids. Check the crowd out. Know your audience. It's, it's pretty important, right? If there's, like, a biomechanical engineer, you don't want to be talking about chemicals and how well you mix them in your home or whatever. I guess that goes into being the one-up guy. Yeah, it, it, it's all – none of this stuff is terrible. None of it you, you, you say, I don't want the guy in the store anymore or anything, but it's just bad etiquette, and maybe the person doesn't realize it. So we're saying it, and I, I hope everybody's listening and uh, follows these uh, few, ten rules there are, basically. Both of you. Um, talk on the phone somewhere else. You know, uh, and I don't say you got to leave the, leave the store or something, but there's a group of people around here and having a conversation, and your phone rings. Well, because the the thing you get up and you walk away from the crowd, right? They'll end up being polite to you, try to try to make believe like they're not listening. And, and well, they'll try to be a little bit quieter. But you are one person, and there's a group of people. So you you take that role and you move yourself to the other side. You be polite and don't make the people around you be polite. We should add into here: don't light your cigar directly into your microphone, because then we. Can I was taking a pull on it because I was talking too much, and the cigar oh. went out. <laughs> Does it say anything about cigar lighters? I know you mentioned the whole cutter business, which is brilliant advice. Well, it's just it's, it's my pet peeve, though it's not even on the list, but i got a serious problem with that, sticking a cigar in your mouth and cutting it with my, with my cutter. No, I'm asking about, about a lighter. Is, is, there, is there anything about etiquette in terms of having your own lighter? Nope, but you should. It's the tool of the trade, you know. Yeah. But, uh, again, there's not a lot of people that have their lighter and cutter, and they use the house stuff, which, hey, it's okay. Treat it nice. You know, it's not yours. Or, you know, you borrow from somebody else. Hey, you got a lighter. I've said it to you. that I yeah. left my lighter on the on the desk, and I just don't want to get up that second. Hey, let me borrow your lighter for a second. Mm-hmm. Typically, I always have it in my pocket, but not everybody. Uh, don't tell people how to smoke. Leave that up to the cigar authority. Yes. Uh, cigar smokers uh, have their habits, right or wrong. You'll irritate the hell out of somebody telling them how to cut. You light your uh, lighting too low. Uh, you should bite the cap and all the different things. Uh, people are bothered by it. Mind and, uh, your P's and Q's, my grandfather used to say to me. They, they give you a little bit about asking. You know, they say, am I doing this right or something? Then you end up saying it. But you, you insult the guy, hey, I've been smoking cigars for 30 years. Don't tell me what to do again. After you walk out of the room, that's where the conversation goes. The guy thinks he knows everything. That guy's a Richard. A Richard? Yep. Yeah, there's a nickname for Richard that I'm not sure we're allowed to say. Smart, so. Jonathan. Thank you for not saying hey, it. You're welcome. I don't know what that is. One last thing. You have to tell me after. I don't know what that means. How do you not? All right, I can say the nickname for Richard, can't I? Sure. it's in a different context. Oh, I gotcha. Dick okay. is the nickname for Richard. I gotcha. See? Okay. okay. I have actually I have a cousin, Richard, and we call him Cousin Dickie. All right. Number six, buy from the shop we are smoking. Definitely. And that's the thing of, hey, I bought these cigars online. Uh, I got a good deal, pass them out, or even telling people what it is. Go into a cigar store. Listen, I don't even want you buying cigars from me. I'm a retailer myself. And go into somebody else's cigar store and smoke them. Please don't do that. Go into the cigar store and buy a cigar from the guy that's paying the electric bill, the phone bill, the heating bill, the, the um, mortgage or rent that's, that's happening there. 
Jeez, it, it, real common sense. What about? But it, it happens all the time. This is one that I'm actually wondering about. If I buy a box of cigars here, and I bring it home. Yeah. Is it okay to bring one of those cigars back into the store? Yeah, but maybe the employees don't know. Maybe the owner doesn't know. Just buy a cigar. Go into a cigar right. store, buy a cigar. I typically do do that, but I, so, I've always wondered about it. All right, it. let's let's go to Dunkin' Donuts one day and buy a pound of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. You take it home. The next day, you fill up your thermos with there with the Dunkin' Donuts coffee you bought at Dunkin' Donuts. And the next day, you get up in the morning, you go to Dunkin' Donuts, you're meeting friends there, you bring your thermos of coffee with you, and you sit there and you hang out for two and a half hours, and you drink your thermos of coffee, right or wrong? No, I'm with you, Dave. It's like yeah. going to a Panera I, Bread, right? I use I use a lot of like Starbucks and Paneras and stuff like that where they have Wi-Fi, and I'll go out and do work remotely yeah. just to break the monotony of working from home. Sure. And in doing so, I'll make it. Out, I'll go out of my way to make sure that I'm purchasing while I'm there whatever they have, whether it's a coffee, a sandwich, yeah. soup. If I'm at a cigar store, same thing. I don't care. But if you, you have a locker at the cigar store, you could go to your locker and get one. Yeah. All right, because then everyone knows where you got it. That's right. You, you're, you're actually a club member of, of there. And so what Dave is saying is you have to be a high-status person in order to bring in the cigar no. that you bought at that store <laughs> He's saying you into buy that a locker. Store. No, you know, you say, say you walked in with a cigar already lit because you were smoking it on the way. Hey, and you walk in and, you you know, I've, I've seen it. Customers come in before and they say, hey, I got this from you last time or something. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And the guy sits down and he finishes the cigar because he's enjoying it. He doesn't want to leave it in the car or whatever. And then he smokes it. And maybe he gets up later on and buys another cigar or something like that. Just etiquette, my, my friends. Etiquette. Um, don't tell people how to smoke. Uh, buy cigars where you're smoking. Let the staff member do their jobs. Okay, that's when you interrupt a salesman selling somebody. And from your seat, you will actually interrupt the sale. Nah, I don't think you're going to like that, or uh, uh, I think it's better for whatever. Let the guy do his job. This is really the expert at that point. That's why he has the job working at a cigar store. And and maybe some cigar stores don't have that many experts and stuff, but, geez, keep your your, your P's and Q's. I mean, geez. Is it okay to to say, maybe help the salesman and say, I'm smoking that one, or I really like it? Yeah. It's still better to stay quiet. If you did it on the positive, but to actually turn it uh, to a negative and uh, jump in, I I don't know if I'd even do that. Let the guy finish up the sales and the guy sits down, and then you say, listen, I'm smoking that cigar too. I don't need, you know, I've been a salesman for 26 years. I don't need you helping me out making the sale. Thanks, buddy, but I got it. Well, even, even to that point, Dave, I noticed, like, yourself and, and a lot of your employees, when they're with customers, you know your customers, so you know what they like. You might have something new come in that they're not aware of that you can speak to, say, hey, you know, you might like this. This is to your palate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, be aware of the line behind you. This is another pet peeve I have coming up. Father's Day is coming up uh, also uh, at Christmas time. And I think guys, for the most part, understand, and they are – familiar with their surroundings and they realize there's a guy behind them and they're holding up the line and I've they, seen this they get the money. girls they come up with nothing in their hands and they ask the person at the register what to get they have nothing and, and there's it, a line of people behind them they stood in line for 10 minutes so this guy's going to leave where, he, where he's at which is worse than that there's a line of people and there's you hate to bring up a lady but you know what 99.9% of the time this is what it seems to be and finally the lady gets up there and she's got a couple of cigars and she starts asking questions and blah, 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 blah. And then you say, yeah, I, I have it here right here. Well, no, I'm not going to buy it now. I was just wondering six months from now when I come in here and I'm going to end up getting a can of uh, butane or something. There's a line of people. 
You ring up their, their sale. Okay, it's $10, lady, $10.94. And, and, uh, and the lady says, okay. And the Parker book comes up on the table, and the digging begins. And they dig like, they, like they're mining for gold. They're going, and they're going. And wait a second. They pull out the $20 bill, and they say, wait a second. I got the change. That's ninety-four cents. We have. She got a one dollar change in the register. She got I a one-dollar bill. She got a ten and a one. Hold on, I got the change. She doesn't mean the four cents. She means ninety-four cents. And here we go. And she's digging. And then she gets to like eighty-seven cents. And she says, "Oh, I don't have it." And then she gives the one-dollar bill, and you give her her three cents, and the guy behind there is all upset. The next la- the next one is a lady. Of course. And here we go again. And I'm out of my mind. That's when I got to step away from the register. A different salesperson has to hand. I got to walk away because I'm gonna I'm gonna kill somebody. So this is the. So he goes into the back, puts his fingers in the door jam, and just starts slamming away. So there's a reason for screaming. So that's uh, uh, be aware of the line behind you. Uh, Okay, don't become the shop's unofficial consultant, which is almost taking us back to uh, the guy sitting down there. uh, but uh, complainers are bad enough, but it even gets worse when the advice is offered uh, from an unfounded expert. Uh, nobody wants to hear it, and uh, the shop would be better off if uh, you didn't do it. So, uh, it, you know, even the person will say they don't have them in stock or something like that. You do have them in stock, and now, no, I have it. You know, oh, I didn't think you had it. And that would drive me nuts. Believe it or not, this is real stuff. This stuff really happens inside cigar stores. You know what drives me nuts? What? I have a steering wheel on my belt buckle. It drives me nuts. It's a pun. Crickets. Nothing. Nothing. All right, Terry got it. Thank you, Terry. Terry actually liked it. (laughs) It was awful. I will never tell that joke again. Joke, if that's what you want to call it. It's awful. (laughs) Is Is there anything about bad jokes? Leave them at home. Don't even bring them to the shop. Is that on the list? No, it isn't. It should be. Let's add that on there. You know, if you got nothing smart to say, say nothing at all. Um, no, and number 10 is have fun. Now, why could that be bad? Have fun. If it takes a lot of work to behave, even the, just the basics, uh, reconsider it when, uh, when you leave the house in the morning. Go to your local shop, light up a cigar, and enjoy. Uh, while the lodge lounge seating is available, it takes a lot of work to behave. I guess they're saying have fun, but just don't overdo it. No lighting your farts on fire. In yeah, the that's, that's, you can't do that. No. Okay. I don't think you can even say it, actually, on the radio, but <laughs> you certainly shouldn't do it. This one's not live, so Chuck can edit out whatever he's <laughs> got to edit out. I'll be listening to the podcast later and going, what the? Chuck? Yeah. <laughs> Why is it only Dave talking? <laughs> so uh, those, are, uh, those are 10 uh, cigar etiquettes uh, not to be ignored I got a hundred more, and if you want to uh, send us what you think to the CigarAuthority.com, please do. But there's a lot of them, and someday I'm going to make a big list, and uh, it can be added on to all the time. There's, there's actually people that chimed in here to, with, with some different things. Uh, clean up, that's a big thing. You know, you bring your coffee and your muffin in the store and stuff, and you just leave the bag, and you leave a, a half drink coffee or worse than that is you get the half drink coffee and you throw it in the barrel mm. half full and it pours out and then we empty the barrel out and all the liquid pours out of it and we're mopping the floor the worst thing is leaving the muffin stump around no one likes muffin uh. stumps not even homeless people seinfeld Sorry. reference um hoarding uh you taking the, the lighter and the cutter from 
the show up or something. Those are accidents that happen, you know, uh, yeah, whatever. But there's just people chiming in and saying different things about it. So the uh, uh, cigar etiquette, not to be ignored. Uh, it's very important. And, uh, you know, it, it's very important to keep your cigar stores alive. Uh, you got a neighborhood store. Show them a little uh, respect. Stop in there, buy a cigar, keep them in business. Believe me, there's not a lot of places to smoke cigars. If you find one, give them some, you know, I don't say you gotta, you're getting a better deal somewhere and you need to save, you, save your box or something, but, you know, when you go in there, you buy a cigar or two and, and keep, keep them in business because someday you're going to be, if they're not in business, you're going to be out in the street yourself. And it's a long, cold winter here in New England. And uh, you want to keep the cigar store in business. Does this apply to, like, cigar bars as well? We've talked about that at the top of the show. Uh, you know, with Boston or Massachusetts now changing their laws, thank yep. God, for, for the better. I know some, you know, most cigar bars will sell cigars, but is it etiquette to walk into one of these with your own with your own cigar? Well, not only is it bad etiquette to do that, you should buy a cigar when you go in there. A lot of times the upcharges at these cigar bars are astronomical. People say, wow, it's expensive. Well, in Massachusetts, for instance, is a law that in order for them to stay in business, they have to have revenue that equals the amount or close to of the amount of liquor that they sell. Okay. Therefore, uh, if you buy uh, a couple of $5 drinks, hopefully you bought a $10 cigar right. along with it. If you didn't, if you brought your own cigar, they're going to charge sometimes what they call a cutting fee, and they need to do that $10 cutting fee to actually maintain their uh, average, 50-50 okay. average or whatever it is. So that's important, too. And, uh, hey, keep them, keep them alive. We, we know we only have, a, a, what, do I, what do you say, four stores left in Boston, cigar bars. Go to the cigar bar, you buy, buy a cigar, we're lucky to have them. Exactly. For God's sakes, you pay a few bucks more, so what? You're going you're to sit there for a few hours and, and suck up their heat and air conditioning and stuff? It's a place to smoke and do the right thing, folks. That's all. Uh, all right, so uh, next week we are officially beginning the summer. It's going to be uh, Memorial Day weekend. We're going to kick it off right with some great cigars. Right, Looking forward Memorial- to it. Next week, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, baby. Okay. <laughs> Where did this year go? That's unbelievable. Okay, folks, thanks for joining us. Thanks for Jesus Fuego uh, and his great cigars, and we look forward to uh, his Maduro coming out real soon of, of origin. So uh, thanks again for joining the Cigar Authority. We'll catch you next time on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. Bye, folks. Have you been arguing with your wife about the smell of your cigar smoking? My name is John Sullivan. I can make all that go away with a revolutionary new product called the Auric Pro Shield Air Purifier from the Auric Clean Home Center on Spitbrook Road in Nashua, New Hampshire. This is Mr. Jonathan. I used to get crap from the wife all the time about the smell of my cigar smoking coming up from my studio. But that has all stopped since I got my Auric Pro Shield Air Purifier from the Auric Clean Home Center on Spitbrook Road in Nashua, New Hampshire. Not only does the Auric Air purifier totally eliminate the smell of your cigars but also dust and dander bacteria and mold including spores and pollen i'd like to invite you to come see it for yourself and let me personally show you how simple i can fix your problem the auric clean home center is located at 8 spitbrook road at the corner of the dw highway in nashua new hampshire right across the street from two guys smoke shop visit my friend john sullivan in nashua new hampshire or call us at 603-595-2122 that's 603-595 2122. Auric, simply amazing since 63. Hi, this is David Garofalo from the Cigar Authority. I'd like to invite you to visit one of my Two Guys Smoke Shops. Two Guys Smoke Shop is the largest cigar retailer in the world, and I'm very proud of that. 
It's Stogie Heaven. Two Guys is conveniently located off Exit 1, off Route 93, 95, and Route 3 in Salem, Seabrook, and Nashua, New Hampshire. You see, there's no cigar tax or sales tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have built three glorious cigar shops right over the border for your convenience. Take the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in tax-free New Hampshire, or find us on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. We ship cigars everywhere, and single cigars, too. Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's stogie heaven. Hi, I'm Mr. Jonathan, the owner and operator of MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com. MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com is your one-stop shop for everything DJ or sound production. We do everything from weddings to backyard barbecues, boat cruises to theme parties. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we have a package to fit your needs. Shoot me an email at info at MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com or call me at 603-475-1391. That's 603-475-1391. Hey, Sammy B here. Sammy B's Custom Carpentry. Foundation to finish and everything in between. Find a job I can't do. I dare you. At Sammy B's Custom Carpentry, I build everything myself. So you know it's American-made and built to last. I don't subcontract. I'm committed to getting the job, and I'm committed to finishing the job personally. Call for a brochure and references. 603-553-2345. If you can dream it, I can build it. Sammy B's 603-553-2345. Let me ask you a serious question. Do you like what you're doing for a living? Are you sick of being in the rat race, living life on other people's terms? Hi, this is Chuck Morrison from MakingMountainsMove.com, and I challenge you to take back control of your life and make mountains move to live the life that you were meant to live. If you have a dream, a burning desire, but feel miles away from living it, I can help. You see, I used to be a stressed-out corporate slave with time for everyone but me and my family until I made the decision to follow my heart and pursue my passion. Today, I'm living life on my terms and helping people achieve the same in record time. Look, you have a purpose to serve in this life, and I can guarantee you it's not to be stuck inside of some job or some career that's sucking the life right out of you. It's time for you to take back control of your life. It's time for you to make mountains move. Take the first step today. Head on over to makingmountainsmove.com and sign up for my free number one secret to help you get out of your job and into your dream. It's time for you to make mountains move. 